Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening. Good, merry, happy Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve. Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve. Because that's when we're recording. Hi, everyone, welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I should get that out of the way before we do anything else. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and yes, we're here, hanging around here tonight on the eve before Christmas Eve to talk about professional wrestling right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, because yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm recording live on December 23rd, 2021. My, the, it's almost done. The year is almost done, and we are just about ready to hop into all the great festiveness the the absolute 100% levels of of festivityness <laughs> um of the uh, 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 uh that the um that the, uh, the 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 world is going to fall under i don't know what i'm talking about because it, look it's going to be christmas christmas is just about here and i'm excited and i hope y'all are excited too and i hope you're excited to talk about pro wrestling tonight um because, because, hey, you know what? I am, uh, yeah, <laughs> like overall, I've, 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 here's one. The thing is, I, I, I'm, I, I got a good show. I got a fun show prepared tonight. I'm really, really excited for that. Uh, and, uh, and I hope you guys, I hope you guys are ready. I hope you guys are ready for this. Um, because there's just a lot of good stuff, but I want to thank you all first and foremost for joining me here live on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And we've got people here hanging out, chilling, enjoying a good time here, uh, on the, on the discord. We've got Kelly Tonja says, as she usually is nice to see you, Kelly. Uh, we've got the, uh, we've got. Tim Traver, who's changed his display name to the Die Cast Collective. Still, nice to see you, Tim. Good to see you as well. We got Robert Larry here as well. Look at that. We've got uh, Justin Firestein. Uh, Mr. Fretz. Mr. Fretz is here too. We've got, we've got the crowd here hanging out, like I said, on Christmas Eve Eve. And I'm excited for that. I'm, ex- I'm really, really excited for that. And I hope you guys... I hope you guys are too. Um, I, I hope you guys are ready to. Um, I hope you guys are ready for that as well because it's going to be a, it, it's going to be a good one. Um, of course, per usual, right? Uh, uh, you know, I want you to do all the usual things that I asked you. I want you to go find check out belltobells.com. That's your women's wrestling wire, of course. B e double l t o b e double l e s dot com. Our YouTube station. That's what we do. That's how we call them now. Stations. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Bell to Bell is our YouTube channel, right? So don't don't worry. <laughs> um we've also um uh we've also have uh, uh our, our Twitter account as well. I why am I so dis I don't know why I'm really I like I'm trying to focus here. I'm trying to get into it. I there there there's something going on. I'm like why, why am I? Why am I? So, I feel floaty. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's the holiday spirit that's overcoming me. No, but that's that's a silly, it's a silly thing to say. That has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with with that kind of stuff. I don't know. Uh, well, the focus is coming. We're gonna get into. I'm and I apologize if I feel if I seem you know a little uh, 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 diffused. Oh, well, 
we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. It'll be okay. Um, but yeah, Bell to Bells, all of that, that of course is going to be fantastic. Uh, then, uh, of course, um, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, you know what? There's a, there's a, 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 a pay-per-view coming up for the World Wrestling Entertainment Company. It's called Day One that they're doing on January 1st. You get it? It's like, you know, on the first day of the year, day one, and they're they're planning things around it. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, so um, so uh, if you uh, if you want to, right? If you want to, uh, to 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 learn more about it, to maybe get uh, get to hear my my thoughts, I'll be doing a a, a, a pay per view prediction show for that one. Uh, very uh, over the course of next week. I don't know exactly when, but keep it, keep your eyes peeled. I'll have a guess and all that good stuff. That's coming up. And of course, there's Wrestle Kingdom coming up uh, over the course of, uh, uh, well, not next week, but the week after. So that's coming up very, very shortly. And I'm going to be doing post-stream reviews for both nights one and two and for the New Japan Noah show on January 8th as well. So if, if you're not a subscriber to the Mr. Warren Hayes show, channel yet i think this is a good time for you to do it uh i think it is a very very good time to uh to jump on board and uh and uh get that um get get that out of the way i really do uh so so please take the time to do it uh and uh and and, and you'll get all these this great content coming coming at you pew, 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 pew. i don't know what i'm doing but yeah, but uh, lots of lots of pay-per-view stuff coming up. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going to have a great January. January is just going to be great for, for wrestling. It is going to be extraordinary for wrestling. I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, and um, I'm also excited for my Discord. That's always there. You should join it. The link is in the description and whatnot. So uh, so please go right ahead and uh, and check that out. Uh, join the community. Come talk about wrestling 24 hours a day. There's always people there. We've got time zones. We've got people who just, you know, seem to to thrive at night. You know, there's always someone talking about wrestling in the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. So go check it. Go check that out. Uh, And you can also check out the post stream, which, of course, happens for members only, uh, members of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, I do dare mention. Uh, so uh, if, if you become a member of the channel, you can come immediately and join us after and after tonight. Well, you know, I sort of hyped it tonight. We're on the mainstream. I'm talking about my, my we're, we're, I'm going to be pulling up my naughty and nice list of 2021. So I'm going to head on over to the patrons after this with the, excuse me, the members. There's some jargon I haven't used in a while. Um, and uh, they're, uh, they're going to be telling me who do they think should be uh, who 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 is on their naughty and nice list basically so i want to hear from you guys so if you become a member uh, come on over let's chat we'll talk you can go through it we'll take we take discord calls when we do it if you don't want to talk that's fine you can join us in the in in the chat as well the discord chat the live youtube chat look every it's a good time and it's a good way to show support for the show as well and you can also show show some support by dropping a super chat and I will read your question or comment live and on the air. But you can also, you know, leave a, a like on this video. That's a great way to show some support. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, you can also leave some support there as well by leaving a five-star review on 
uh, on uh, iTunes. And you can do that. Apparently, some people have that option on Spotify as well. So you can check that out. And you know what else? Here's something interesting about Spotify and podcasts. I discovered last week that you can upload video podcasts to Spotify as well. So from this point forward, if you're if your podcast platform of choice is uh, Spotify, then you will also have access to this video here. You will also have the video version of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. So you can actually switch between audio and uh, and, and not audio. <laughs> you can do both. So isn't that great? I think it's great. Uh, but that's only available on Spotify. So you have to check that out over on that platform. Um, but uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, I think I've I think I've run through everything here. Want to say hello to some new people have joined the chat since I started uh, stumbling through my my opener here. Uh, look at we've got Evan Wright who's joined us. Nice to see you, Evan. Good to see you. We've got the Bob Culture Podcast. How you doing, Bob? So, uh, and wishing me a Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to you as well, friend. Uh, Tony from the Get the Tables Podcast as well. Nice to see you. Have a great Christmas as you as well, sir. Um, DGMC is here as well. Nice to see you. And Merry, you know, have a Merry Christmas, everyone, you know, and uh, and, and I hope like at least starting tonight, we, we, you know, we'll have a good time tonight and this will kick off your holidays proper. And I really hope I really hope that's uh, that that's good. Um, I, I really hope that that's good for for, for you, because that's uh, that's always, always excellent. Um, and um, there's, you know, and I hope your your holidays are good that you can take the time to you know see your loved ones family friends you know because friends can be loved ones and i think it's important you know to, to connect and see as many people as you can try to stay as safe as possible you know we're still stuck in the in this pandemic era and that really stinks um that always but as long as you stay safe you know that's important but i also want to say like i i also know that this time of year can be hard for a lot of people for a whole bunch of different reasons, right? For, for you know, it's usually a time where a lot of people are very, very, you know, merry, for lack of a better word, but it's also difficult for some people. And if you're finding, if you're finding yourself to be uh, not in, uh, in a good frame uh, of mind, if you're, if you're feeling low, uh, isolated, alone, let's just go right out and say it, depressed, please, 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 please get in contact with some, local uh with some local services in canada you can reach out to the to the canadian crisis hotline at 888-353-2273 in the united states you can contact the substance abuse and mental health services administration their national helpline at 1-800-662-4375-4357 excuse me uh 1-800-662-4357 i'll put those um, uh, contacts in the description uh, for for the podcast, just in case you need them. Always reach out to someone, and you know what? In fall, you know, if anything, my DMs are there. Feel free to 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 jump in if you need just someone to talk to at all. Um, I I can understand how it can be rough for some people this time of year as well. So we got to look out for each other, and please look after yourselves first and foremost. Now, before we uh, go and actually jump into the uh, jump into the 
weekly wrestling inspection. Um, we unfortunately have to start the show uh, uh, with um, with another death within uh, the world of wrestling. Michael James Penzel, best known to uh, the wrestling community, the world of wrestling as Corporal Kirchner in the WWF, um, has passed away at the age of 64. Uh, it was uh, reported that uh, Kirchner had passed away uh, in his uh, in his home in uh, North Carolina. Um, Kirchner had started his career in the 1980s. He had trained uh, under Vern Gagne and uh, started working in the WWF as a prelim guy. He then adopted the name Corporal Kirchner, uh, which highlighted uh as it's pointed out it uh, pointed out here in the observer highlighting his experience as a paratrooper in the 82nd airborne division of the united states army he had feuds with nikolai volkov because of course who else is a good american soldier going to feud with other than uh than a russian of course but that even led to a match at wrestlemania 2 a flag match between he and uh, volkov um, he left uh, the WWF in 1987, had a tour of New Japan, then adopted uh, a um, a new gimmick, the one of Leatherface, like, you know, yes, it's the Leatherface you'd think of, you know, an adaptation of uh, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre character, uh, and uh, he would wrestle under that gimmick for FMA uh, right until 2002, when FMA, um, uh, FMA, excuse me, FMW, I'm sorry, I told me, FMW shut down uh, in 2002, uh, and um, Leatherface, Super Leather, Leatherface. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what the difference was between the two, but uh, yeah, fun. Here's a, a funny anecdote. Again, it's pointed out in the in the Observer, and I kind of remember this back in 2006. WWE.com had reported that Kirchner had died. Kirshner, uh sort of, you know, has caused a stir. People started calling, started calling him, calling his family, and was like, "No, I'm alive." He called WWE to say, "I don't know where you got your where you got your report, friends, but I'm I'm still here. I'm we're good." <laughs> uh, but uh, I, you know, I as a, as a kid, I remember. Watching Corporal Kirchner, I remember his, I remember his time in, in the WWF. Um, definitely not uh, definitely not as familiar with his uh, FMW stuff, but but I do remember him, you know, as younger and sort of being sort of being into him, very athletic, fast, not as beefy as huge as a lot of the guys were on the roster at the time. A little faster, a little quicker. I liked them. I remember, you know, as a young young Hayes lad. I uh, I connected with uh, with Corporal Kirchner. So may may he rest in peace. Our condolences to everyone who survives him. Um, Sixty four years old, Corporal Kirchner. Okay, well, uh, let's see over here. I think it's uh, I think we're going to get this started for for real this time. Well, I mean, it's not as if I tried to get it going. No, anyway, um, here we go. It's time for the weekly wrestling inspection. <laughs> Okay, folks. First and foremost, uh, I want to uh, I, I want to underscore here some very good news because it's good to have good news, right? 
Um, uh, Jim Ross apparently was announced on uh, Dynamite last night that he was going to be returning to commentary next Wednesday. And uh, that's fantastic news. It's just plain old simple fantastic news um, that his, uh, you know, he got through his treatments, rough stuff. And he documented it on, on social media, like not easy stuff. And he's already willing and able to get back into the seat, uh, get back in, 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 into the swing of things. And I can appreciate that and congrats. And I'm, I'm happy. I don't Do you congratulate someone? I don't think congratulations are the exact same. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the good way to go about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I'm glad he's coming back. And look, you know, you, I, my, my thoughts on Jim Ross, as a as a commentator these days, no secret to anyone who listens to the Mr. Warren Hayes show, of course, right? Um, that, that that's you know that's not a that's not a big it's you know the, you guys know, but you know outside of that, despite that, that doesn't change the fact that you know I appreciate the man, appreciate his body of work, and and on top of that, you know I I'm glad that he was able to push through this. Hopefully, the treatments are going to work out. I'm glad he's feeling well enough to get back into the swing of things, and that's really all that matters. I'm glad that Jim Ross is feeling uh, healthy and 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 able enough to to get back into the swing of things. That is some fantastic news to kick things off. So, uh, so that's cool. That's cool, and I'm very very happy to uh, to have learned uh, to have learned about that. Um, Tony Khan gave us some. News on the AEW Battle of the Belts show that's coming up in a couple of weeks. I got a quote here. When he was on the Culture State podcast. Listen to this quote here. He says, uh, it's a one hour event, so I can't put every belt on the line. But it's a great chance on a Saturday night to expand the reach of AEW by giving the fans great championship matches on a Saturday night which is a night that, you know, people love watching wrestling from uh, our whole lives, that you can build an audience, especially for a big event. So there's going to be big championship matches I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm glad Tony Khan is excited that his Battle of the Belts is going to be a one-hour show. I'm I'm a little lukewarm at it. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of a... It's kind of a bummer. Um, I was really expecting something maybe with a little more panache, you know? It's like, yeah, it's a one-hour show. It'll be fine. I'm, I'm just a like, I'm just a little underwhelmed at the idea of, you know, it's like, you know, all the belt, you know? Look, I know they didn't announce it. I know they didn't say straight off the bat, Battle of the Belts, all the titles are going to be defended. Like, you know, every one of us were making parallels with uh, 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 Clash of Champions, right? So I understand, you know, like, we were, uh, we, we, I maybe created an expectation for myself. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, ooh, this is going to be cool. It's going to be like, you know, but it's not going to be like Clash of Champions. It's going to be an hour show. It's going to be two title defenses, I guess. Maybe three. If you put more than two, you start telegraphing, right? A little, anyway. Probably, you know. Look, we know we know the world title is not going to be defended. We're, at least we're pretty sure. 
And uh, and then um, what's left then? You have the TNT title. You have the TNT title, the Women's World. Um, and then uh, the uh, the uh, the World Tag Team titles. You could throw in the FTW title if you really wanted to. Despite the fact that I don't think it's still like officially recognized by AEW. Right? Like there, it's not up on the, uh, what if we, AEW... AEW wrestling. Like if we go on the um, on the roster page on the official site, yeah, see the champions is just uh, world champion, women's world, TNT champion, world tag champions. Um, there's no uh, the FTW title isn't exactly uh, isn't exactly that yet. It's Ricky Starks has his picture with the FTW title on his. On the shoulder, mind you. But, um, hey, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see how it goes. The, I mean, it's not that I'm that I'm going around stomping my feet and saying this is going to suck. Absolutely not. Like, I was really expecting, like, a, a big super card. But we're going to do an hour show. And, and I'm fine with the hour show. I still enjoy Rampage uh, a ton. You know, nice little package, nice little one-hour show that's in and out, whip, and you you gobble that one hour, that one hour up, and then you hit the bricks, and it's a it's a it's a good listen, you know. Um, but as it stands, you know, I'm like, oh well, all right, an hour show, be a couple of titles, there'll be a smattering of titles, that's fine. Now I do want to do I, I do want to do my naughty and nice list. Because that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm doing my 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 naughty and nice list. But before I get into it, I always like to talk about um I, I always like to talk about dynamite. But just before I do talk about dynamite, I wanna um just a quick note on Raw this week. Uh the um uh, You know, you know, an edition, an episode of Raw is bad when the usual defenders are out into the the internet verse saying how rough of a watch it was, saying how WWE needs better creative, so on and so forth. And, you know, it, it you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great show, but... There was one standout, uh, there's one standout moment on the show, which was comprised of Bianca Belair and Dewdrop, who had, uh, I guess, the blow-off of their feud. I guess is, that's how you'd, you'd approach it, um, which which was fine, and I thought it was very good. I think, I think they're doing a decent job at rebuilding. I think, look, I think this feud did a decent job of giving Bianca some prestige back while also establishing Dewdrop as um as a uh, it's hard to say a threat but as a um as a player and outside of the goofy you know finger twiddling I don't know what what she was what this was supposed to be going into the audience and going hey why don't you twiddle my fingers I don't know what that was about I don't know. Um, but they're they're letting her be 
they're letting her come across a lot more like Piper Niven or Viper as she was uh, before getting signed to NXT UK. You know, with the, the, the leather jacket just coming in and beating fools up. That's what she was about. Just having a chip on her shoulder, an attitude, coming in, kicking ass. And they seem to be letting her stretch her legs a little more on that level instead of trying to be this flowery happy baby face and i'm not gonna lie that 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 pleases me because i i love piper niven i love viper i think she's great as you can see i i i still have trouble consolidating her name in my mind and if anything if anything this would be the perfect moment for her to to be like hey you know what you know I was paired with this weirdo when I came in who who gave me this name and I, I, I don't want to bear this anymore. This is not mine to carry anymore. I'm hitting the bricks. I'd be like, fantastic, do it. You know, it's like, and and bring back Piper Niven. Like I know they won't use Viper because Randy Orton is the Viper, right? And you know how WWE is with, with names, right? Um... But the uh, I, look, I thought I thought this was a this was a, a good setup for both women. Where I have a little trouble having, where I'm having trouble keeping my, the faith right is in the direction for Piper Niven moving forward because there is no there is no real advancement there's there like <laughs> it's difficult for the mid card in wwe to progress because everything seems to happen up on these upper echelons with the top people and everyone else sort of flounders around look they had uh they had the world tag team champions i know it's not world just the wwe tag team champions because the wwe the wwe they don't call them world championships because WWE is bigger than the world. You don't want to win a world championship. You want to win a WWE championship, right? Don't forget that. So apologies for uh, saying the world tag champions. When, when I, I Dragging them down to some base level, I apologize profusely. The WWE titles, um, the WWE tag women's tag team champions... Uh, we're in like a three-minute match again this week. Like that's that doesn't serve anything. There's no real storyline advancement. There's nothing. No one who learns anything in a ring in a three-minute match. That's and and it's hard to care when these things happen because you're like, oh, it's so in and out. You know, you're just like so. I I can't say that I'm entirely confident in do drop moving forward. Despite the fact that I find she's in a much better place now than she has been since being called up to to Raw. Absolutely. Like, if I were the committee that books, (laughs) as opposed to the booking committee, right? Uh, I would would absolutely uh, put her in squash matches. I'd have her... Just come in, destroy some fools. Not unlike Wardlow in in AEW right now. That's what I'd have her do. 
And it's again, it's not as if WWE doesn't have doesn't have the 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 people that they could just bring in from Orlando and do it. For, you know, and they do. They could absolutely do it. They need to capitalize on this now, right? They're clearly moving Bianca back into a title picture, and I think this was handled pretty well. I think her 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 non uh, like I think she hung she took too many losses to too many big names at some point, and I still think that was not good. I don't think it was a good way to to go about it. I, there was no reason to cool the woman down, you know. But I think that what they what they did with her since what they did with her here is good. I think it makes a lot of sense, um, and it has helped build her back up. And I mean, look, the visual of her carrying the huge frame of dewdrop on her shoulders and then just you know hitting the KOD is pretty impressive. Because you know, yes, uh, you could you, you saw it right. Dude, dewdrop helped. Uh, assisted Bianca in, in, in picking her up, you know, you putting her feet on the rope and whatnot. But I mean, Bianca still ha- then has to carry her and then do the KOD flip. And I mean, that's it's an impressive move. No matter no matter where you, no matter how you, uh, no matter how you flex it. And, and 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 then someone on Twitter reminded me of when Bianca was carrying friggin' uh, 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 Otis on her back. In that that one angle, that one time, <laughs> you know, the obstacle course, that that weird bullshit. But it was still an impressive feat, feat of strength, and I thought that was great. So I'm I'm confident for Bianca because I do believe WWE sees the value in Bianca. I don't think they should cool her down any more than she is now. I think they they got to make her hotter and hotter, and I think that they should. Do the same for Dewdrop, but on a mid-card level, and heat her up so that when Bianca inevitably wins uh, a women's title again, in this case, probably the Raw women's title, they have a contender that they've been heating up for her instead of just doing like they're doing with Liv Morgan, being like, okay, it's your turn, plop, where Liv has been zero built to be in this spot. And now they're they're running the they're now this is a, I'm doing a sidebar here but they're running this match again on day 1 if I'm not mistaken right chat let me just run over to wwe.com real quick but I, that's what I think right it's uh day 1 I think that that's what they announced yeah they're running Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan again at day 1 and uh, I and I and I and frankly, I don't understand why they're doing it. I don't. I don't understand why they're. I don't understand why they're doing it. <laughs> I mean, live lost, live lost, a couple of weeks ago on Raw, and it was, you know. Like I said uh, during the last podcast, it was not a good match. Like we can't sit around and pretend that it was a good match. It was. Uh, it, it it wasn't. And then we're gonna run it again. She's not anymore. Uh, she's not even. Uh, she's not anymore. Uh, 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 um, 
exciting. She hasn't built, you know, it's not as if there's suddenly this groundswell of excitement for Liv Morgan. She just lost. I don't know, man. It's not clicking for me. But that was a sidebar. I'm still excited. Like, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I can't even say cautiously optimistic. It's like I'm, you know, I'm expecting the worst. For, for Piper Niven moving forward. Like, I, 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 I'm curious to see how they're going to capitalize on this. Can't be any worse than running around for the 24-7 title, right? Congratulations, by the way, Dana. I'm sure you look at your very, very meaningful title win. Uh, oh, I want to say hello to Chris Jacobs. Nice to see you, Chris. Welcome to the chat. Should we talk about that? Should we talk about... All right, look, just before we jump into Dynamite, thank you, Evan. We, we, You know, if you, you can all blame Evan Wright for this. But you know, the, 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 the thing that, that was aired on, uh, that, that they put on social media, where Liv took a bus or flew to Iowa to, uh, how did she explain it on Raw to, um, to Becky and Seth's super secret gym or, or some kind of shit like that, whatever. And she walks in and she, you know, she, she, she starts caning. There's two people in the ring. One of them's a redhead and her, the redhead's hair is all over her face and they're, and they're grappling. So Liv gets into the ring. She has a kendo stick and she starts wailing on the redhead. But, oh, the redhead is not Becky Lynch as she thought. It's a jabron. And uh, and then she's sort of standing there and then all of a sudden Becky Lynch appears. So I'm my theory right now is that Becky Lynch is going to be the fiend because clearly she has teleportations. And she just casually takes the kendo stick away and then they start... I don't know what this was. I have no idea... What this bullshit was. But the word that just came out of my mouth should be exactly what it was. And I, you see it on social media and you cringe. You go, come on. But then Liv Morgan cuts a promo on Raw this week. where she, And then she says, you know what I did this week? I went to Iowa. And I was like, no. They're going to they're gonna broadcast that shit on TV? My main problem with it was how edited it was. It was like you were watching a television show. You come in first person view and then it cuts to people around the ring, cuts to people into the ring, cuts to people outside of the ring. And then you see Liv coming in and you're like, who's filming this? Who put this together? Who's filming this? If the if Liv was supposed to, if this was supposed to be a, a surprise attack... Did Liv order like a three-man camera crew, crew with a sound guy, uh, you know, and a grip and, uh, uh, you know, uh, a cinematographer and a director? Like, did she arrive? Did she and uh, did she send an eight to ten-man crew, person crew ahead of when she arrived to get all set up and start taking shots? 
here's the thing. Because the question just popped into the chat. How did Becky know she was going to be there? Well, listen here, pal. If someone is... If I see an 8 to 10 person crew setting up in my gym, I'm like, I'm asking questions. I'm going... Hey fellas, why why are you, why are you here? Oh, uh, we are supposed to a uh, film a surprise attack from Leave Morgan on Becky Lynch. Oh, I'm 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 Becky Lynch. Oh, oops, maybe I should not have told you. So, <laughs> so that that's the only piece of logic that could come out of all of this. As to why Becky knew Liv was coming for, because the fucking camera crew had to set up, <laughs> that is, you know, set up the the lighting and the rigging and all and all that shit. That's the only. That's the only thing. This was bad. This was, and you know what it made me think, and you know what it made me think. It made me think, made me realize, girls and gals. Girls and gals, guys and gals, non-binary pals. This is the thing that dawned on me. We are never really going to get rid of uh, of cinematic matches. They're they're here to stay. I hope you realize that. This because that's exactly what we got here it was a little cinematic experience. You know, because WWE they do TV shows. They don't do like they don't do this 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 base uh, product called wrestling. No, no, we they do TV. They do television cinematic cinematic experiences where you get immersed in them that was that was bad i'm telling you this anyway like it, it it's always it's always a thing that i feel that they try too hard they try too hard to get people over when it should be simpler if they wanted to heat up Liv Morgan to make her a threat to Becky, have her fight, have her win matches, have her have moments, like instead of robbing her of a potentially interesting moment at Survivor Series, you know, just let her let her get the heat by being a babyface that you can cheer for and you can cheer easily for, for Liv. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. Liv is a natural baby face. She's a natural baby face. And I don't know why they don't lean into it more. Anyway, boo. Let's talk about Dynamite. Um, the match uh, that opened up the opened up the festivities last night was uh Adam Cole. He defeated Orange Cassidy in a culmination of a long-standing rivalry between the two not quite since adam cole has been here but i like this dynamic you know with the uh chaos best friends and you know adam cole and the elite or his whatever adam cole is doing right now right well here they could i i thought the match was fine like i i i thought it was i, I thought it was fine had a good build-up i really liked i i from the half point on, I thought it really hit a second gear, and it maintained throughout. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, you have Orange Cassidy mounting a comeback. You know, ducks the running knee, hits a beach break, which was cool. 
and uh, he's uh, he's getting ready to do a, a, a an orange punch on uh, on uh, Adam Cole. You have Bobby Fish run to the ring to distract the ref, and as the ref is distracted, guess what happens? Guess who appears? Guess who runs out out of nowhere? I'm not gonna admit it. Took we knew it was coming. We had the close up of Orange Cassidy on his face, and you could see the audience going. <laughs> That's right, we got Kyle O'Reilly running to the ring, beats the hell out of Orange Cassidy. Cole hits the running knee. Is the Does he call it the last shot still? Is it still that? Because the, that, that, uh, that over-the-knee neck breaker that he does. Is that for a while used to be the last shot? Then it, when he went to NXT, the 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 running knee was the last shot. He calls it the boom now. Okay, see, I'm confused. I get confused. I when I don't take my medicine, I get confused. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so the um. So here, so um, so basically, he he's he's in the ring and he exchanges some words with Kyle O'Reilly, right? He's sort of like they're jawing at each other. You're not quite sure how friendly they are, but all three of them stand in the ring. Three meaning him, Adam, uh, him being Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Crowd's going nuts. You have the uh, the um, the young bucks who come out, and they're like, and they hit the ring, and clearly there is some confusion. They get into the ring, and clearly there is some confusion because he's like, wait a second, you know, what's what's this all about, you know? And Adam Cole is sort of divided. He's sort of like, well, <laughs> it's cool, boys. It's cool. You know, you, you can tell that there's a little something going on. You can you can tell, you know, that Adam Cole is sort of thinking to himself, he's going, hey, you know what? You, you know, these two guys here, Fish and O'Reilly, they never tried to poison me. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> so there's definitely a little something, something going off. There's a, there's a massive seed that's just been planted here. We'll see how this, how this develops. Let's get into some talking points. Kyle O'Reilly is in All Elite Wrestling now. They pulled out the graphic. He's he's there. He's been signed, which was expected. I, I think you'd have to... I think you would have had to be the most diehard of NXT slash WWE fans to be like, no, Kyle will come back. Kyle's gone. And you can't blame Kyle O'Reilly for... Leaving NXT because the, the current iteration of NXT right now has zero place for him. There is no room for a guy like Kyle O'Reilly in whatever it is they're doing right now in NXT, with NXT 2.0. Um, you know, he gave Von Wagner the rub. I mean, you know, that's... That was a thing. Because look... You know 
Look, they tried to put Kyle to get Kyle over before the transition, and it, it was a tough one. It was a hard one. I don't think they had found the exact right combination. The cool guy Kyle stuff wasn't exactly it. You, there was no room for him in NXT, and there was no room for him on main roster either. He just like not as not as a wrestler, not as a star. He would have been, you know, used as enhancement talent. You, you well, we're, let's be honest with each other, right? And I'm sorry, like if you're if you're a a a you know part of the the crew that was like Kyle O'Reilly should have never left. There was nothing left for Kyle in the WWE environment in which it is right now and how we're seeing things developing. No spot for him outside of enhancement talent. And a guy like Kyle O'Reilly doesn't want to be enhancement talent. I'll even go as far as to say, it's not as if I know him, but you know, you, you, he gives off that vibe, right? And I'll go as far as to say, I'll, I'll push this just a little further. There is no, us as fans should not expect Kyle O'Reilly to be a, a, a enhancement talent either. He is too talented, too seasoned, a professional wrestler to be like, well, you know, I, I just got to hang around and I'll hang around and I'll do stuff. Uh, and, you know, creative at some point will tell me they've got nothing for me. Right. So there's no reason to do that. There, there's, there was no reason for him to stay. So the departure was inevitable and him hooking back up with his pals was also, I think, written in the stars. Now, again, here's the other thing. I I will appreciate people who make the argument that, hang on, I don't want, <laughs> I want to make sure I get this. Okay, I don't understand people. Let's put it this way. I don't understand people who say, who call him a WWE guy who's going to AEW. Um, Kyle was there for what, four or five years? A, a guy that was trained on the indies in Japan, uh, wherever, like, he he never really needed WWE to expand as a wrestler. But I will appreciate comments, arguments saying that he came to prominence alongside Adam Cole and Bobby Fish within NXT. I can buy that argument 100%. WWE is a much larger fan base, especially at the time, uh, no competition, much, much larger fan base. Uh, the matches they put on were critically acclaimed, of course, because they were wrestling during one of the, the boom periods, of the, the, the period of the great takeovers. So, you know, it's like not hard to be like, well, you know, that's where that's where he really came to prominence. And I would have to agree with that in, lame, you know, in a mainstream sense. But if you even remotely followed anything that was happening outside of the WWE bubble, you knew of Kyle O'Reilly. You knew he was a great wrestler. And you probably cringed when he end up, ended up in WWE because we're like, they're going to ruin him. Turns out, well, I don't, they didn't ruin him because he was in the right spot. He was in NXT. That's where he needed to be. The Indie Super Show NXT. So I, I can't, I can't get... Uh, I, I, I don't understand, um, I don't understand how, um, I don't understand how anyone can claim W, Kyle O'Reilly is a, 
is a WWE product. I think the the visual of the Undisputed Era is and and, and their prominence in NXT makes makes for um makes me understand why people would think that but you know it's like that you know that small brain medium brain galaxy brain meme right it's like <laughs> it's like if you if you knew about Kyle O'Reilly in Ring of Honor if you knew about Kyle O'Reilly's you know legendary battles with Kushida in New Japan then you know all of none of this is a real surprise to you and and a lot of these arguments come from people who are very much attached to WWE and still believe that WWE is the end game. And it's going to take a while to break that cycle because WWE has been the end game for for 20 years and that's a whole life cycle that's a whole uh, childhood into adulthood deal for a whole bunch of current fans who have never seen any competition who've never seen anything outside the bubble and who haven't you know who's who've only heard the stories of the Monday Night Wars and the days in the territories and so on and so forth so for for me seeing wrestlers move from place to place it's not a question of loyalty it's about the talent doing what's best for them and for their career and what they want to do and I think that's where you should be supportive I can't tell you enough. Don't support companies. Don't support companies ever. Don't support WWE. Don't support AEW. Support the talent they hire. That's what you should be focused on. That's why you tune in mostly. I know that's why a lot of people are still attached to WWE despite the garbage booking. It's because of the the talent that they have. And I can get behind that. I can understand that. But never mind this loyalty stuff. Never mind. Be support talent for what they do in their in their endeavors that 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 they embark upon i hope nothing but success for kyle o'reilly and aew and whatever other doors that might open as well because that's the thing is that then you can you can start seeing kyle o'reilly maybe move around the checkerboard a little bit and go go pass through that that forbidden door to other to other places as well the problem uh the problem that 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 we that we encounter with with people being very very mad about it is they is exactly what I was talking about is the this idea that your uh, that your home promotion is your home promotion and you're being disloyal and that's just weird to me that's just weird to me they're independent contractors even on the other side they're still independent contractors they should be making moves to better their career they should have possibilities to go wrestle in other places that's why competition is so good because it's good for the talent first and foremost and it's the same reason why i i can't be mad at kevin owens either kevin owens did what was best for him for his family for his setup good for him like if he's happy in this that's all that matters really my entitlement as a fan comes is secondary. You know, if I wanted to see him go, uh, go uh, have nostalgia fights with uh, with the Bucks and Adam Cole and AEW, that's on me. Uh, ultimately, that's what Kevin Owens has to do. Kyle O'Reilly, who cares about the promotions? Like, ultimately, who cares? It's really about it's really about the talent. Cape for the talent, goddammit. They deserve it. DJMC 
is a member of the Mr. Warren Hay Show channel for 20 months. That's almost two years, if my math is correct. <laughs> uh, and he says, and thank you very much, by the way. I appreciated your support for those 20 months. He says, hoping to see the return of Sleazy Kyle in AEW. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Do you think that would lead to another fight with Adam Cole? I don't know if I want to see another fight with Adam Cole, though. Because I don't have any real memory. Everyone keeps telling me there's that one Kyle O'Reilly-Adam Cole match, but everything else is like it's never... They've never been great, you know? Anyway. Heather, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. And we had another... Well, we'll talk... Let's talk about the main event straight off the bat. CM Punk, Sting, and Darby Allen versus MJF and FTR. Wasn't this just lovely? Wasn't this just lovely? A fun, nice main event that propulsed... Um, uh, that, that, that kept a, a feud going and just gave people live in the audience something exciting to see. I love this. I thought it was... I, I loved MJF, you know, avoiding... CM Punk at all costs and which is what you should do when you're building a big time main event and you want to make it feel special don't let the guys touch each other and let the heel be I mean not all the time but in MJF's case here it works well let him be a chicken shit let him run let him flee from CM Punk that's what you should do and and I know I know there's going to be people right now who are going to roll their eyes at what I'm about to say here, but there is no amount of 10, 10, 15-minute promos that will get me more invested in a feud than stuff happening in a match like this, where I'm like, look at MJF, this son of a bitch. That, to me, is worth... 10 10 minute promos because now i'm like now i want him to kick his ass the everything else is entertainment it's rhetoric but here he's like "Mm." and you want cm punk to get his hands on him you want to but he slimy little bastard is always getting away i love it i in ring storytelling folks that's where that's that's the money that's the money there there's um uh um you know Good old-fashioned stuff. MJ, and they were calling themselves MJFTR. Perfect for the evening. They were cutting off Darby from uh, from the friendly side and, 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 and Sting as well. And Sting, look, I don't care. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. You complain when Goldberg comes back. You complain when the old guys come back in WWE, but you're excited about Sting. Yeah! Because none of them do what Sting does. And and they're not pushing Sting into title matches, into high-profile situations. Sting's having a nice upper mid-card feud with, you know, with FTR and all sorts of different people since he's been there. Most of the time in tag situations. And you know what? That's probably all he needs. And you know what? As a fan, that's all I want to see. I want to see Sting come in, do some... 
I, I've said this before. I'd be content if all he did was come in and did the death drop, did the splash, did the death lock, and and you know, like doing the hits, doing woo one of these, and 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 moving on. No selling a couple of chops. I'd be like, yeah, 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 sting, man. And I'd be happy and he'd move on. But no, now we have Sting, Steve Borden, 63 years old, fucking jumping off, doing crossbody splashes off the top rope to the fucking floor. There, There is no, do you understand? Like, there is no reason for him to be doing these things. But there he is doing it. Do you, does that register? Does that mean something? Like, because there's no reason for him to do that. But he's doing it out of the love of what he does. And if he wouldn't be able to do it, you know, he'd probably say to, you know what, I'm not going to do it. And he's probably, they're probably all talking to, uh, you know, amongst each other, trying to set the, the stuff up. And he's talking to the producer. And he's like, I want to do a top rope splash. Everyone's like, you're, you're nuts, man. So no, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. And it adds to the drama of stuff. Because everyone knows how old he is. Everyone knows, you know, about the fucking injuries that kept them out of wrestling you know and so on we we know about all of this so when we see him doing this cool shit and we're excited for him you know you have the other guy who you can barely do a jackhammer anymore then why are you doing it Borden loves what he does he just loves it so unless you bring old timers back into these types of situations where, again, you just play off their strengths, play off their their capabilities, and not try to pass them off as something they're not, which is what they're trying to do with Goldberg all the time. Trying to pass Goldberg off as if he's still, like, in, in, in his late 20s. They're not trying to pass Sting off as, as a young, spry athlete. So that's why when he delivers this kind of shit... We lose our minds and we're like, he's, because he's over delivering. He's going above and beyond our expectations. And then on top of that, the Greensboro crowd was into it. And Greensboro, as you know, right, it was, is a, uh, Greensboro is a, is a significant, um, uh, uh, place for, that was, that was hard for nothing. Um, was a very is very significant for for Sting because he's had multiple uh, big time matches there, including his his famous forty five minute draw with Ric Flair for the NWA title. What was it ninety eight uh, at the first Clash of the Champions? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Nineteen ninety eight Clash of the Champions, uh, forty five minute draw with uh, with Ric Flair. That was a star making performance for him. So going back to Greensboro is a big deal for him on top of that. It's a big deal for the audience who are there, too. Great ending, too, where Dax sacrifices himself for MJF. It's a GTS from Punk, Scorpion Death Drop from Sting, and a Coffin Drop from Darby. Great stuff. Send the send the home crowd happy. Mm-hmm. And you still want to see CM Punk 
kick the shit out of MJF more than ever. More than any back and forth promo work that they can do on each other and try to, you know, it's like, you were on Rosie O'Donnell. You you wrote shitty comic books. Like, I don't, all right, we're, we're good now. You know, we're sort of past that now. I liked it though. I'm going to say hello to El Gato Pollo Loco. Welcome to El Chat. That's not it. In French, in French, it's called clavardage, which is the worst fucking word. Clavardage. C-L-A-V-A-R-D-A-G-E. It's clavardage. It's three syllables. Chat is one syllable. I'll tell, look. I love French and I love English, right? French is infuriating, though, for my English brain sometimes. French, French is a language that was designed to woo women. That's what it was. That's what it's for. Because you have six adjectives for every, six synonyms for every word kind of thing. And you can add on adverbs and adjectives ad nauseum to what you're doing. There's like 70 million verb tenses. So you can you can go, you can take multiple paths to say the same thing. And it's all very flowery and elegant. You know, it, it's a language that you that you use to to uh to uh um it's a language you use like to when you when you're talking to the royal court, right? And and you want to impress them. That that's what you do. English, man, it's just it's fucking to the point. It's like don't we're not running around. No nonsense. Boom. In your face. Bam, 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 bam. It's two different attitudes. And I like English. English comes, is not, it's the first language I learned. So it's a lot more natural for me. French is very natural too. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it's like, especially in my line of work, where I write a lot of copy, right? And I'm like, <sighs> You know, I write my copy in English and it's all succinct and punchy. And like, But in French, I always there's always like connectors and extra words. And I'm like, this is too much. It's too long. I have a 10 word, 10 word slogan right here. And I have to boost it up to 23 to make it make sense in French. And it's like, ah. Coupe de la fromage. <laughs> Cut the cheese. That's not what it. You, you you don't have you don't the direct translation of cut the cheese in French does not it does not mean the same thing. It really means cutting like actual dairy product of cheese. That's not. Mmm. <laughs> Let's see what else happened on Dynamite. We get the uh, announcement of the world title rematch between Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. Um, it will take place at the TBS debut on January 5th. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I think that's probably the best thing to make sure that people know to tune in to TBS on that night and to, yes, to pop the rating. And I and that's fine. They're doing Maurice and, and Miz. They're renewing their vows on Raw on Monday for some reason. You know, but good for them. And that'll probably pop a rating. People like wrestling weddings and shit like that. So, yes, it's popping ratings and let's do it. That's fine. That's cool. Let's do it, right? 
I don't have a problem with that. And especially since they're moving networks, they have to get the word out there that it's going to be on TBS. That's fine. Hangman was in the ring. He started cutting a promo. He says that in the three years that he was on, uh, that that he's been in AEW, he's he's not feeling like a champion, right? For the first time since not being there after the 60-minute draw. But Brian Danielson comes out and interrupts him. And I don't know if you noticed, Danielson just comes out. No music, right? No uh, Flight of the Valkyries. He just, whoa, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, that's, that's cool. Uh, and... Uh, uh, and he said that he should be the rightful champion after kicking his ass, of course. Um, and uh, to avoid... And, and and basically... They basically laid out the stipulation, right? What were we talking about? What was I talking about last week? Uh, an Iron Man match? Or a, a two, two out of three falls? I think the Iron Man match would have been my, my go-to. Um... But uh, well, there was another one. I can't remember. But we were talking about different stipulations. But they decided to go with, because Danielson says, and this is his argument, to avoid like going to the the, the time limit draw again, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have judges. We're going to call the match if we go to the draw again. And I, like, I... I sort of shrugged and I kind of felt it was anticlimactic because they, they've done this. They, they did it before, right? They being AEW, the Jericho Cody match, uh, full gear, 2019, right? They had uh, Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, and the great Muda, you know, as judges, but the judges never came into play. Now, if they, if, if we get, some 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 explanation as to what the judges are going to be for because they just draw judges I'm like okay well, what do we do here how is this going to work if we get some explanation if we get some you know what are the judges looking out for are they going to judge on this after after the 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 draw if the, if a draw happens are they going to score this? How are they going to score it? What's the process of scoring? I'm okay with that. Or just go right in with UWF rules, right? Just come on in or UWFI rules, right? Start off with 15 points and, and you start losing them when you get knocked down, when you're thrown into the ropes and whatnot until you until we get to zero and or do that, right? Or do that. Because otherwise it's just like, it's exactly like, what Hangman Page said is we're giving some old guys a payday, which again is fine. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but uh, what does it like? The th- the thing here is that I don't know what this entails. I don't know what it means because the last time they did the judges thing, it did not have an impact on the result of the match. So I don't know how. I don't know how this is going to be different. I don't know how this will impact them. Like, I don't know. So it's hard for me to get excited for the stipulation. So as it stands right now, in my brain, we're getting a straight-up match, Bryanson uh, page two, and I couldn't be more excited for it. Like, I'm down for this. This is going to be great. And uh, and it is going to pop a rating. I, you know, and I'm still wondering when AEW is going to run out of pops. But... <laughs> But I mean that that's 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 cool stuff too. 
I liked it. I, look, I thought it was a good segment. It makes sense in the way that they're going, but I just, I want to know. I want to understand. I just need to, I need to get that. Ruby Soho defeated Nyla Rose to move to the finals of the TBS title tournament. I thought the match was okay. Nothing wrong with it. Of course, there were the jacket shenanigans at first. I don't remember who told me this. I think it was a wrestler. I don't remember who. It was like, the first thing that you have to do whenever you have gear that you're carrying to the ring, you have to be able, you have to test it time and time again backstage that you're able to take it off by yourself. Every single time. It, 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 that was like the ring. If you're coming out with a hoodie, you have to take the hoodie off and put it back on and take it off and put it back on just to make sure that you can every single time. Zip down, same thing. A jacket, uh, sweater vest, uh, cardigan, which is essentially the same thing. Uh, a shirt, a button-down shirt, whatever. A t-shirt, you know, because a lot of these guys are buffs and have huge necks. You know, it's like, can you take it on and off again? So that's the thing. That's what we have. To, so, uh, you know, sucks. I don't know. <laughs> but, and you know, I would have really liked some improvisation from Nyla there. Since the jacket was clearly fixed to Ruby's wrist. Fucking use it then. Then start swatting her with the jacket. What's Ruby going to do? Like, just use the jacket, you know, instead of just trying to hide the fact. Oh, I'm, tr- I'm trying. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression that I'm helping her taking it off. Because, I, you know, this would clearly give me an advantage in a real fight, you know. But, you know, it's just a, this, but it's a quibble, you know. I I would have liked that, but it, it it's fine. The match was fine. You know, the the new the no future kick, which apparently is turning into a point of contention with a lot of folks um, saying that Ruby doesn't have that her. It's not exactly over the move that people don't know when it's coming, so on and so forth. If I think if Ruby commits to doing what she did to Nyla Rose, which would be to uh, set someone up on the top rope and then sort of drag the person off the top rope into the no future that would rule and that would get people to pop because then they know oh it's coming it's setting up and then it's like boom i kind of like that i think it's good by the way fuck transphobes fuck you all there's uh, no social grace from me to you if you are out there and you decide to go to a wrestling show and bring that kind of bullshit sign that we saw uh last night about nyla uh, 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 fuck you, and 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 uh, and if you're offended by what I just said in any way, shape, or form, you're like, yeah, but please, uh, I couldn't care less. And uh, you can stop listening, you can stop watching, you can go find another podcast. I'm sure there are tons of wrestling podcasts out there that don't give a shit about this stuff, and uh, and will actually maybe cater to your specific tastes. I don't want you as an audience member, as a viewer, as a subscriber, not a follower, nothing, nothing. I will, I, uh, you have no sense of purpose in my life. Uh, and, and, uh, I will gladly, uh, make sure that, uh, that I will gladly make sure that, uh, you, that you are not around me in any way, shape or form. I, I have I, no patience, zero tolerance for that, for that kind of stuff. 
had people on uh, on Twitter reacting uh, very uh, very offensively to that to tweets that I put out, and I just hit the block button, which is something I usually don't do, but I have zero tolerance, zero patience for that shit. So, uh, and 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 I swear to God, it has no place in anything that I do here. So hopefully I have cultivated the type of audience that feels the opposite. And I have a tendency to feel like I do. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. I think, you know, just in the Mr. Warren Hayes Discord, uh, there's there's a variety of people. And, you know, I'm very proud. I'm very, very proud of, of, of my audience. But I that kind of shit, like we saw last night, I, we don't have we don't have room for that. There's no there's no place, no time, no room for that at all. Anyway, Ruby Soho moves forward into the finals. My brackets are still perfect. We've got Jade versus Thunder Rosa next week. My prediction: I'm still sticking with Jade. I'm still staying with Jade. Could be could be surprised, but I'm still sticking with Jade. And I want to say hello to Kristen Ashley. The first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah. Welcome to the show, darling. Hello. I'm looking at your at your avatars like, I see you. Hi. <laughs> um and of course we had the uh the announcement for the uh well the video of Owen Hart uh to set up the Owen Hart Cup. Uh, tournaments, which will begin next year and culminate at Double or Nothing, so that's exciting. Um, what we got, uh, and they had in this great video, fantastic footage from his time in Japan. We had Mark Henry talk, Matt Hardy, uh, 2.0, Eddie Kingston, Adam Cole, Dustin Rhodes, Sean Spears. So you know a lot of contemporaries, some Canadians, um, some of his, uh, some uh, current wrestlers, you know, who didn't know him but talked about how he was an influence. Fantastic stuff. My challenge was to not cry during it all. And I failed miserably. <laughs> Just the waterworks. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this goes. Well, those are my thoughts on, on Dynamite. And now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is time now for, for, for us to move on to the big attraction, the main event tonight. This is what we are doing. I uh, We are are going to jump in right now and go over the Mr. Warren Hayes 2021 Naughty or Nice list in wrestling. Okay, we have props. That's what we have here. Do we, do these look okay? That's set up all right. Yeah, that's, that's cro- looks crooked. There we go. That's a little better. There we go. So, bring this a little forward, maybe like that. There we go. So, put on a little more, a little more light. There we go. Live programming. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. 
thinking about the year 2021 i don't think it's look it's not time to talk about matches of the year yet we're not th we're not quite there yet but we are at a moment where we can start thinking back at everything that happened throughout 2020 uh throughout 2021 and we can think about all the all the things that happened and i decided to split them into a, a, a list not unlike one santa claus right where he sets out his list of naughty and nice things that at the end of children and so i was like i'll do a list of naughty and nice things that happen in pro wrestling in 2021 this year so i have a sack of nice things and i have a naughty sack tell me you didn't see that one coming so what I'm going to do, and I have some stuff all set up in here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pick, I'm going to just dive in, pick something out of the nice list to begin with and from the naughty and we'll talk about it. All right. And, and folks, if you want to share your naughty or nice list stuff, hey, drop a super chat and we'll talk about your naughty, naughty and nice stuff too. Don't we do that? So we'll start with a nice, something on the nice list. Get in here. Oh, look at that. Nice little scroll here. With a little ribbon. My God, Warren. The production value's through the roof tonight. <laughs> did, did your AEW check clear? Opening up the scroll. Ah, let's begin by talking about something that was very nice in 2021 this year. Shingo Takagi. Yes, indeed. Uh... I mean, what is what look Shingo Takagi I'm uh, this might be a spoiler but Shingo Takagi is my wrestler of the year for 2021 I don't think there is any wrestler out there who has made more of a uh who has had a, a more consistently great year than Shingo you know being a champion of course but from from his never title defenses, right? Because he was the never open weight champion at the beginning of the year. His defenses, his, his brilliant defense where he lost, but still losing against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi at uh, New Beginnings to his, uh, to his absolute fantastic match with Will Ospreay at Wrestling Dantaku in May to finally winning the world title uh, against Okada uh, and everything since then this man has not had a single bad match he has had systematic good to excellent matches he's been in one of the greatest matches I've ever seen this year the one of Dentaku against Will Ospreay uh, nothing nothing but fantastic stuff from, from our boy Shingo all year long and I, I couldn't be more excited to, to, to think about what 2022 is going to have in store for him because, uh, because he's a big deal. Holy shit. Anakin, Anakin JMT just dropped a super, a very, 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 very generous super chat. Thank you so much, Anakin. I appreciate it. It's yeah. Thank you so much says Merry Christmas and to you sir says DGMC is a coward and definitely on the naughty list well you know he he so he digs his own grave <laughs> but
But thank you so much, Anakin, for the super chat. It's um, I'm a little taken aback. Thank you very much. It's very extremely kind of you. Let's head on over to the naughty side here. Let's see what we got. We'll pull out something here. Oh, look, it's a lump of coal. Can't say I didn't go all out. Oh, well, look. Okay, so we're going, we're, we have a theme going. On the naughty list is the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Now, let's be, let's be honest with each other, right? It, it was trash. The, the IW, okay, let's, let's move back a little bit. Let's, let's go back a little bit, right? Kota Ibushi pins Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom January 4, 2021 to win both the heavyweight and, and the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental championships, right? And when he's done, he's going around talking about he's, uh, and, and by the way, he's, he becomes the third man in the history of New Japan to win uh, all those three titles, uh, to to win uh, to win the IWGP uh, heavyweight, junior heavyweight, and the IC title. Uh, to win the IWGP heavyweight and junior heavyweight, never mind the IC. But he becomes the, the only the third man to win both of those belts. The other man being uh, Nobuhiku Takada, and another man I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Kenny Omega. So, um, but then on top of that, he gets the the IC title, and immediately, not immediately, but soon thereafter, he's like, "Oh, we're going to unify them. We're going to unify them. I want to unify the titles." I personally am like, "That's fine. Uh, get rid of the IC title." I was never a big fan of the IC title, and I don't think uh, 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 New Japan saw any real value in it. I was like, ah, sure, yeah, dump the shit. But they, when they do, it's not like they're just merging the IC titles history into the IWGP heavyweight championships t- history. No, they're they're, cre- they're creating a whole new lineage, a whole new belt. And uh, and here, okay, first of all, the belt is ugly. It it doesn't look good. And we've saw we've seen all the jokes from the Cody neck tattoo to the Divas Butterfly Championship belt. Like, we've seen it all, right? From top to bottom, we've seen it all. So, it so not only does it get panned for that, but it mostly gets panned for people like my, from people like myself for resetting the IWGP Heavyweight title history. Because the IWGP Heavyweight title, not the world title, the heavyweight title has always been considered one of the most prestigious belts in pro wrestling. It has a long, storied lineage with some of the best wrestlers in the world to have uh, to have held it. You know, of course, there's always exceptions, Bob Sapp. But, you know, uh, <laughs> still the lineage is there and it's important. And it's meaningful and it's meaningful to fans. It's meaningful to wrestlers as well. And they just, no, we're done with that. We're hit, that belt hits the bricks. And this is the start of a new era. And I'm like, ah. That was not, that was very naughty, New Japan, to do that. I didn't care for it. Still don't care for it. I'm still not used to seeing it. And look, did you see the pictures of of Nakajima and Shingo for the Noah show? Face to face. You have Shingo with his fucking butterfly belt. And then you have Nakajima with the GHC belt. The, his world title, and it looks good. 
like the JSC title looks really, really good. And it, it's like it blows that other trinket out of the water. The IWGP heavyweight title looked like a prize. It always has looked like a prize. And to this day, I am convinced the AEW world title was patterned off of that. I'm sure they took inspiration from it. J.K. Schwalt left a very generous super chat as well. Jeez, guys, thank you very much, J.K. Schwalt. I appreciate it. And thank. By the way, hi. Didn't know you were here. <laughs> he says uh, in the super chat, if meeting me in Milwaukee isn't a scroll or the nice or a coal, I'm not too picky. I want a refund. <laughs> he says, J.K. But the dancing funeral meme is a nice scroll worthy selection too. Merry Christmas from me and the pups. Thank you so much, J.K. Schwal. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and to Reggie, the dog as well. Uh, Reggie is the mascot of the uh, post streams, the members only post streams. uh, And uh, and J.K. Schwal is a contributing member. (laughs) The dog is the mascot. The dog, the dog, the dog. And then then there's J.K. Schwal who hangs out too. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the very kind super chat. I appreciate it. Let's go over to the into the nice section here. We'll pull out another lovely little scroll here. Oh, look at that. <laughs> what do we got? Ah! Here's something very nice. The resurgence of the American Indies. Um, which, which I, look, 2020 sucked it because of COVID. We, we know, we, we know why. And, you know, a lot of, uh, the independent circuit, uh, had to, uh, had to take a break, had to, uh, struggle. Uh, you know, the, the MT arena shows, you know, aren't the same thing. Some people were trying their best to try some stuff out and, uh, uh, it wasn't always it wasn't always easy um and uh but since you know pandemic start, started to ease off not saying it disappeared started to ease off started to get people vaccinated and so on and so forth um there's really there's really been a resurgence of shows there's really been a resurgence of uh of uh of promotions putting on week after week or you know monthly shows quality shows because on top of that there's so many there's so much talent available right we know why we might we might we might be able to talk about that in a little bit you know if you know what i'm saying but there's so much talent out there there's so many people ready to wrestle and ready to make a living off the indies look and you've got great things happening you got gcw game changer is running the hammerstein soon they're going to be, and on top of that, you know, setting up an independent wrestling hall of fame. That It's a big deal. Beyond Wrestling is doing great. Had fantastic pay-per-view. They have their weekly show, which is a must watch week after week. And now they're adding a new show, The Open, which is a, basically like a, like an open night, open mic night for comedians. Where it's like, you know, bring your gear and come wrestle kind of thing. Warrior wrestling out of Chicago. This is awesome. Putting on quality, quality shows. I I was so happy during my trip in the Midwest to be able to go see a Warrior show. 
and get that energy live. I saw one of my favorite matches of the year uh, right there. Kylie Ray and and Thunder Rosa tore the place down. Was uh, nothing, and this was a night where Jay White was there. Nothing even came close to that match. Well, I mean, and everything was great. My point is that Thunder Rosa and Kylie Ray were fantastic. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, 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 Paradigm Pro Wrestling is doing great. Black Label Pro, uh, Limitless, West Coast Pro, D- Defy. We're seeing these promotions so much, so much more because of because streaming has now become the norm. It's become accessible, you know. And the and the the promotions that are working uh, uh, on the women's side as well, promoting women's shows, Shimmer, Mission Pro, uh, WWR Plus, the LGBTQ community, which is becoming more and more represented. Enjoy Wrestling, Hood Slam. Uh, Paris is bumping un- uncanny attractions the polyam cult wrestlers lab like there is so much stuff out there so much great great opportunities for talented and I'm just talking these are mostly like the national levels right that's not talking about your own local promotions and what's going on in your in, in your environment You're, it's such a good feeling to see this again, right? To to be able to get back into that, me it makes me excited, and I'm excited for 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 the future of of the indies. And you know what's? I've had a couple of wrestlers tell me this in interviews and so on and so forth. You know, it's sort of slowly turning into slowly, right? We're not talking about, but slowly but surely. We're having, we're having people, we're having people who don't see being signed as the end all of their career. That it's possible to just go out there and have and make a living on the indies. It's hard. It's hard work. But I don't know, like, there's some people out there who are just like, you know what? I'm an indie wrestler. That's what I'm going to be for my career. My end all is not necessarily to be signed by WWE, for instance, and that's fantastic. Jason PS3, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Is it a coincidence that when Jason appears, I go to the naughty sack? Get another lump of coal. Let's see what we got here. All right, here's going to be a controversial one, I think, as far as uh, something on the naughty list this year. Chris Jericho. I was not... Look, I think I should preface this by saying that I've always liked Chris Jericho. I always have. He's always been... He's always been a, a, a... a, a top wrestler of mine. I'm still a huge fan. I fell in love with Chris Jericho in in his in WCW in his uh, his run there. When he jumped to Raw, it was a huge deal for me. Um, I feel like his 2021 it wasn't it. I don't think it was. I don't think it was all that good. Um. The signature of Jericho's feuds in 2021, and this is like outside of anything that, you know, anything political or stuff that he tweets or, you know, fozzy. You know, it's like, I'm really talking about what in the in ring, right? The signature of all his feuds is, you know, back and forth promo work where, you know, everyone tries to be clever. Everyone tries to one up each other, tries to get the audience to call 
this person some insulting new nickname and sometimes it works. But this year I felt like most of the time it dragged. I thought his stuff with MJF and the pinnacle inner circle feud was it was too much and too too focused on those two guys. Um, you can tell that not everyone really benefited from this feud because they're still struggling to find something to do with Santana and Ortiz, which still blows my mind to this day. Um, and, you know, just the extra fourth singles match in in that feud, I, I think it was unnecessary. I don't think anyone was like, yeah, let's go for a fourth time. I think everyone was sort of like, oh, okay, all right. And, 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 and as far as I could tell, it that match was most people's least favorite match from All Out this year. The Jericho, right, the Jericho MGF one, just to be sure we're, we're, we're clear on what I'm talking about. Um, and then the, the, uh, the, um, the Dan Lambert stuff was so hit and miss. And I like Dan Lambert. I'm a, I'm on that side of the fence. I enjoy Dan Lambert. I think he's great in what he has to do. I, he's fantastic. If he, you, you don't, you know, it's like, you know, having, uh, Jim Cornette without the baggage, right? <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my quick hot take on that. But his, you know, the, the, the whole, the, the whole thing with America's top team was really just about the two. Yes, it gave us a, a, an entertaining romp, but that we will all gladly, we've all already forgotten about, right? It's, it's just like something that really didn't help anyone really. And then Lambert is still around and he's still trying to get Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page over who I think were some of the big sufferers in all this in, in all that feud. So I think there's a lot of collateral damage that occurred in Jericho's feuds this year. A lot of things that were focused on him and another person, but involved a whole group of other people, which really didn't help. It really didn't help elevate anyone. I don't know. So naughty, but it's not like a, it's not like hey, Chris Jericho sucks. I just thought I I I think his his twenty his twenty twenty one was a year off. Was an off year. Let's go over here. Get another little scroll on the nice side of things. I think we can all agree that this is very nice. The Forbidden Door was a very, very nice thing to happen to pro wrestling in 2021. I mean, look, it created some of the most exciting, uh, the, the exchanges of talent between multiple promotions this year created some of the most exciting um, uh, conversations amongst pro wrestling fans that I had seen in a long, long time. I Between Impact having... Impact and AEW sharing the same world champion to just the talent exchange, New Japan people coming into AEW. Um, of course, all the work with the indies. It was a very, very, very exciting time. Created a lot of of um, uh, uh, of what ifs, and oh, we're getting this type of match. So oh, this type of uh, this this person can can happen. We get fr- friggin' Minoru Suzuki. On national television, North American national television, wrestling treasure, 
and grandfather that we wish we'd all have so he could kick our ass when we do something wrong. It just absolute... uh, 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 Putting on some some fun matches, some good time. There was... uh, it It truly created an energy within wrestling fandom and I, like I said, I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And you felt there was a lot of goodwill. There was a lot of uh, trying stuff out. We're going to send this person here. We're going to send that person there. We're going to try this out. And it just got the blood pumping, right? It was just so much fun. The Forbidden Door. And, you know, you can argue, is it still open? Is it still closed? No, Or has it closed again? Not still closed, but has it, has it closed up? I think you can argue that Maybe it's not as porous as it was, you know. Uh, I think there might be some uh, uh, some scaling back now that sort of like the honeymoon period is over, and but some solid relationships will maintain. Like I, 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 I feel a good connection now between New Japan and AEW, which is something that none of us felt uh, when AEW started. I think you know the reasons are fairly well documented why, uh, but I think there was a lot of. A, a lot of this helped to thaw out those relations, and I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, if 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 I want to add a little, if I want to scrape away a little bit at the sheen of the niceness of this part here uh, of the Forbidden Door, I think that you know, I think Impact not being able to properly capitalize uh, on the Forbidden Door um, outside of AEW talent going over there, I think I think that's a problem. I think that's something that. Uh, I, I think that's something, well, it's a problem. It's 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 a shame that Impact wasn't able to fully capitalize on that, decided to go back to weird booking decisions in their old ways by putting Moose, for instance, at the top. Um, and not enough not enough trading with the women. Not enough forbidden door for, for the women. I'm, and, you know, been reading Deanna Perrazzo talk about it, and she had even talked about it with me uh, when I interviewed her. Not enough, uh, not enough back and forth opportunities for for the women to 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 wrestle other women from other promotions that's a bit of a shame in otherwise something that was very nice in 2021 but let's talk about something naughty now as i get another lump of coal here here we go the return of becky lynch now I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie, right? When Sasha Banks could not make it for undisclosed reasons um, at SummerSlam this year, I I can appreciate WWE going son of a bitch. We got this big match, this big rematch with Bianca Belair. What what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What's our next big match? Well, of course, your next big match is bringing in someone with a big return like Becky Lynch, right? Right. Uh, That makes sense to me. And I think it makes sense to you when you sit down and you pull out your your booking pen and your booking sheet of paper that you carry to you at college football games and you hold like this. Um, Not college football games, like just plain old football game. Uh, I think that all makes sense, right? So... Having Becky Lynch show up as the surprise opponent was indeed a surprise and a good surprise because people were excited to see Becky Lynch come back. 
But what happens here? WWE gets in its own way. Has Becky squash their current champion. Bianca Belair. Like nothing. Uh, a true to form Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston type situation. And then they try to shoehorn Becky Lynch into becoming a heel. When I I don't know who wants Becky Lynch to be a heel. I don't know anyone. Chat, do you do you want Becky Lynch to be a heel? I've never seen anyone say, man, you know, I'm I wish I wish she was I wish she was nasty. I wish she was uh, she'd be just shitting all over everything. Everyone wants to cheer for Becky. And it's just natural and organic. That's always been her thing. That's how she got over in the first place. She always has, has had that connection with the audience, that thing and intangible that just makes people want to root for her. And even to this day, she comes out as big time Bex and all the, you know, her 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 get up and you know, she comes to the ring all cocky and stuff, and they cut to the audience to show little girls clapping for her. They're like, WWE, what the fuck are you do-? Like, you can't even get your own story straight. You're, show- you're, lo- you're literally showing us even little girls want to cheer for her because it's Becky Lynch. And you can tell Becky Lynch is a heel because she cuts you people promos. It's... It's telling that in your company, in this company right now, your two top people, unarguably, Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch, there's no one bigger in WWE. There's no one more face of the company than those two. Both of them are heels because WWE can't sustain baby faces because they can't. They just don't. They don't know how to do it. All they know is, I gotta get the heat. That's all they need to do. And this was a disaster. And it's still a disaster. And it has taken the wind out of the sails of of a return. That could have been so much more exciting. And I have people telling me. It's like, well, what would you have done? At SummerSlam, if you're not going to bring Becky back, maybe don't have a match then. Or just do the... Okay, the match is Carmella and that's it. And move on. Like, don't you didn't have to bring back. You made this yourselves. WWE created the situation themselves. Or just don't do the angle. Have a proper match. Becky wasn't, maybe Becky wasn't ready for the match. Then don't do the match. You know what I mean? It's like these, I've said this multiple times, but there's the, it's as if when the thing happens, it becomes this invariable. It's like, it happened. So there's all sorts of excuses around it. Although, the basic logic could be like, well, they, they could have chosen to not do it in the first place. Anyway. Let's take a look over here. What, that, was a not, that was a piece of coal, right? Let's get something nice here. Out of the nice sack. Oh, look, a red one. A red scroll. My God, variety. Warren. Let's open this up. Ah, ha, ha. Here's something very nice for 2021. Thunder Rosa. What a year for her. Um, 
having arguably the one of the most memorable matches in AEW's short history against uh, Britt Baker. But that to me, that's just a, a, a small sliver of the Thunder Rosa pie. That sounded weird. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> it's a small, uh, a small sampling of, of, of everything that Thunder Rosa does. Um, because, uh, look, I have had, I've had the opportunity to see Thunder Rosa a couple of times live and in different circumstances, saw her on a dark taping, saw her, uh, at Warrior Wrestling, um, saw her at another AEW show. Every time, every single time, someone, every time she comes out, she gets the most enormous reactions from the crowd. She gets one of the biggest pops of the night systematically. Why? Because people appreciate her work. She has the charisma. She connects with people, but she has that. Her her connection is really a testament of her work, of her efforts. And not just, not just what she does in the ring. I'm talking about how much she gives back to her communities. Uh, she, you know, she, how much she gives back to women's wrestling as well by creating Mission Pro and holding shows there as well. She, she gives and gives and gives of herself. She's doing, she's doing the vlog stuff now. Thunder Rosa is, you know, she, 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 she didn't win the AEW world title this year. Didn't have like this prestigious run with a big belt for the better part of 2021 but i still think that she is an an essential part of wrestling and not just women's wrestling wrestling this year and we were all all blessed to have her on our national televisions to have her at our local shows hell she showed up at gcw too don't forget that the woman goes she loves wrestling. She loves wrestling fans. Plus, she gives back. I got nothing wrong. She's, and and people love her on top of that. She's an attraction. People want to see Thunder Rosa. I don't know what else. 2022 has to be her year. It has to be the year where everything just, it's like, it's like we have a simmering volcano right now that's just on the verge of bursting. Thunder Rosa, man. Something special. Let's go see some, uh, let's go get some, a lump of coal here. Let's, we're going, we're going deep here. The Will Ospreay New Japan Cup angle. Remember that shit? Remember, yeah, I'm sure you do. If you follow New Japan, that was a tear. New Japan... I like to say it was snake bitten this year. You know, there was it was hit by the coronavirus. A lot of its people that were cycling through talent. It was a hard one, and they were doing their best. But at the same time, New Japan was putting on some shit booking, like this thing. He wins the New Japan Cup just as a refresher. This is before he he being Will Ospreay. Before he decides to to go for the uh, Ibushi and the and, and the belt, the new belt, he wins the New Japan Cup, and basically says, 
I'm coming after the world title and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So he turns and attacks his girlfriend, B. Priestley, who was in the ring with him as part of the uh, his stable, the United Empire, and starts wailing on her. And in something that 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 just was extremely tone deaf and distasteful. There's a couple of reasons for this. Of course, we all know, look, you know, Will Ospreay, as I've argued as I've argued in the past, he's generally associated with the speaking out movement because of his defense of Scott Wainwright, right? The whole Pollyanna situation when he accused Wainwright of sexual assaulting her, sexually assaulting her, and uh she was blackballed from the from the wrestling community and um will osprey sort of stuck up for for wainwright which you know that just a dumb decision you know don't do that but then there were rumors that he had blackballed pollyanna and then one of the promotions that actually accused will osprey of blackballing pollyanna came out and said hey you know what we got we messed up that's not exactly what happened you know it's like jesus christ you know they retracted their statement last fall last fall People were still were still quite pissed off about it, right? It, it doesn't change the accusations from Pollyanna, right? Um, the, the, don't get me wrong; it's just you know, Will Ospreay's, he's, he, you know, he he has that reputation that follows him now, and he has a, a history of misogynistic misogynistic behavior to women online, specifically. You know how he handled the Sadie Gibbs stuff a couple of years ago, where she took time off from stardom to be with an alien family member. And he's like, "You're never going to amount to anything," and all that stuff. It's like, it's garbage. So, in that angle, you're sort of like, "Man, don't do like Will. Don't do that. Don't don't do it." Oh, Gato told me to do it. I I I like I get it. You know, you're you know the boss tells you to do something, you go ahead and do it. But this was just it was bad. And it was to, I get why they did it. First of all, they wanted to write B off of New Japan and also stardom eventually because uh, she she was heading back to the UK and she signed with NXT UK. So I get why they did it. It was just a poor way of doing it that served nothing and just added an extra layer to this that was just like, it was garbage. It was to show that Will Ospreay was ready to do anything to get the title, even beat up his girlfriend. You're like, that's a weird message to put across. I will beat up my loved ones. I will kick the shit out of my loved ones to get what I want. Hmm. That's not, that's not good heel heat. That just sort of makes you, it makes you, it makes you a weirdo. It was a bad angle to a good tournament. And especially as a jumping a jumping off point for Osprey. It's all like it taints the whole thing. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was garbage. But now we shall have a palate cleanser in the form of a nice, something nice. Say it with me. Shibata's back. I don't know if Kristen is in the chat right now, but she can attest to this. And we were watching um, the finals of the G1 and Shibata came out to have his uh, his exhibition match with Zack Sabre Jr. I just 
my eye, my, I just, my, I poured, cries eyed and just, I cried so hard. I was so happy. And now he's going to be wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom. We still have, at this point, we still don't know who his opponent's going to be. I mean, if that doesn't make you feel good, if that doesn't give you uh, energy, a reason to get back into watching New Japan, I don't know what is. I don't know what can do it for you, but Shibata, man, was told he'd never wrestle again. A guy that everyone loved. That's one of the best. It's one of the best pieces of news to come out of 2021. And it's going to carry us into 2022. I am stoked to see what what kind of future uh, this is setting up here. He wants to wrestle. He's been cleared to wrestle. It's fantastic. Couldn't be happier. A lump of coal, shall we? What do we got? What do we got? Ugh, this guy. Tyrus. One of the cancers of uh, of the uh, NWA. Um, look, I, I'm not I, I'm not going to get into the um, the Fox News stuff. His politics. The guy stinks as a professional wrestler. Okay. Now I'm I, I'm still stunned that in the year 2021 we have a promoter in this case one William Patrick Corgan. Uh, who gets excited at the idea that one of his guys is on national TV on Fox is like, well, here, I'm going to make you TV champion and you can take the belt and put it over your shoulder when you start talking about how, you know, uh, how Biden is, is an awful president. That, to me, boggles my mind. Because it's the only possible, only conceivable reason you'd put anything any championship on Tyrus that I've seen the guy wrestle live he's awful he gets gassed by walk by stepping through the ropes he can't walk he can barely walk he doesn't do shit he's a terrible professional wrestler and some people wonder why. How? Why aren't? Why aren't you getting in? Why can't you get into the NWA anymore? It, it's this kind of junk. It's this kind of shit that keeps you from getting into the NWA. When you see someone who can't do it, my God, I can't blame anyone who tunes in, sees Tyrus, and is like, "No, I'm good." AK Germany 96 left us a super chat. Thank you very much. And hello. Good to see you. He says the hiring of Jamie Hayter is on my nice list. Oh, that's a very good addition to anyone's nice list. Nobody saw it coming. And a lot of people are probably still sleeping on her. I hope they book her well. I hope so too. Um, I think we all saw her value uh, with her match with Thunder Rosa, which is still which is still the best match of the TBS title tournament to this day so far. And probably I'd argue one of the best 
uh, one of the uh, one of the best matches in AEW of the year. If you were to line up a top ten of AEW matches this year, um, I I think there's a fair argument to be for that to be on that list. It was extremely good. Yeah, Hater rocks. She's got she's got worldwide experience. She's got the 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 stardom experience with her, and you can tell she helps she she helps out a lot. She helps out the women a lot in the ring. She knows how to work with them, work with their strengths, their weaknesses. She's fantastic, and I hope I hope AEW uh, makes her into something special because she is something special. Let's head on over to my list again. Thank you very much, AK. 96, AK Germany 96 for the super chat. Ah, yes, the PWI Women's 150. That to me was a big deal. It was a big deal for a couple of reasons. Um, First of all, it was uh, the, the list went from 100 to 150 from last year, from 2020 being at 100 to 150. Uh, The growth of the list, I think, is uh is indicative of the growth of women's wrestling right and how much of a uh, how much of a bigger space it's taking and i think it's fantastic um and on top of and i and i think that it's a nice it's nice because well on a very personal level cuz i was uh, i was on the committee uh and i was and still very proud to have been a part of that committee and i can thank um, Kevin, uh, Kevin, and, and Kristen for having me uh, on. It was uh, it, it, it was fantastic, especially on a list like this one this year, where you had uh, where we had a a top five, which I was extremely proud of. Bianca Belair at number one, Utami at number two, Dion at number three, Britt Baker at number four, and Thunder Rose at number five. Like to me, that's it is a it is a well balanced wonderful list that makes a lot of sense taking from everywhere the the strength the 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 strength uh of the 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 powerhouse that was Bianca Belair in WWE in 2021 uh the uh the the continuous upswing of Joshi in North America Diana being the 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 uh, um the 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 emblem of work of work rate in women's wrestling just doing the job everywhere looking like a pro like a champion everywhere she went a woman who took her destiny into her own hands and made made magic with it um brit becoming the face of AEW that they wanted her to be but didn't know how to go about it and now they're just letting her be what she is and just a, a true to form cornerstone of the women's division in Thunder Rosa. Well, look, I, 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 I sold you on Thunder Rosa earlier. I'm, I'm very proud of the list. I'm extremely proud to have been on this list, uh, to be a, to have been a part of the committee that came up with the list this year. I think there was a lot of great stuff in it. More coal. Yeah. I mean, this applies to everything, right? Not just wrestling, but the coronavirus, as far as wrestling goes, you know, look, anyone will tell you 2021 was better in regards to the, uh, uh, in regards to the pandemic than 2020 was, but 
we're still on the cusp. Like everything is still very fragile. We could go into lockdown at any given moment, right? And you know, I was talking about the resurgence of the American Indies earlier. You know, there's you know there's it's not every place that's still running at full capacity. You know, promoters are still you know doing their best, trying their hardest, and 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 working with with local officials to make sure that everything stays safe and within within regulations. But man, like on on a dime, this could all flip on us, and we could find ourselves back into a situation where indie shows can't run anymore, and then indie wrestlers have to scramble for revenue. We could end up back at the Thunderdome and empty arenas again. Like we we are the we are on the brink of all of this, right? And that's kind of what stinks with that, you know, with 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 the situation that we're in and how it affects specifically pro wrestling. You know, of course, the coronavirus has has societal implications from top to bottom, right? Not just pro wrestling, but since this is a pro wrestling podcast, right? I mean, I feel uh, I feel I, I I'm the guy who's always optimistic. You know, I, I always you know the glass is always half full for me. Um, but you know, it's 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 frightening sometimes to think how close we could be. I, everyone is excited that, you know, especially on the in the independent circuit, that everything is running, that every everyone's running shows. But man, drop of a dime, and we're all back to square one. And I really hope it doesn't happen. Get vaccinated, God damn it. Want to say hello to Conrad from Everything Pro Wrestling? Conrad is on my nice list. Even if I even if I don't pick it, his name is not like actually in it. Conrad's a cool guy. Thank you for being here, man. Happy holidays to you too. This is undeniable. The return of CM Punk to professional wrestling. I, I CM Punk, the um the embodiment of everything wrong with uh, uh, of everything counterculture about pro wrestling, right? The guy who the the voice of the voiceless, uh, the guy who wanted to fight the system so that people could enjoy pro wrestling, right? Uh, the 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 man who symbolized an entire fan base's discontent toward a product whose energy carried into the creation of AEW, which was founded, right, off of that same type of energy. It's like, we're sick of all only having one, one show around. Let's do, let's do more. Let's try some stuff out. And he returns, and he returns to the place, right, that, that is, to a certain degree, you know, to a certain degree, his, uh, uh, his his brainchild, right? Yeah, like the chat says, the patron saint of WWE discontent returns. And what a return. I was there, and I will never forget, I will never forget the reaction that that man got. It is still to this day the loudest thing I have ever heard. I know I've said it before, but, you know, as you may recall, AEW did not promote he was going to be there. They never uttered the name CM Punk, but it was implied everywhere. Everyone was anticipating it. Everyone was excited. 
United Center, Chicago, a big surprise, Rampage. What did they call it? Uh, the 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 first dance or something like that, right? The 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 opening dance, this first dance. I don't remember. And I I I recall we're watching a dark taping. And everyone's there and you get the occasional CM Punk chants and everyone is sort of building themselves up. And then Rampage starts, the last dance. And the, there, the, 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 the Rampage starts and you get people up on their feet and they're chanting CM Punk, CM Punk. And everyone is... You see the cameras moving around. You see on the on the on the Titan Trons. They're not Titan Trons. The Cody Trons. The Con Trons. Should we call them the Con Trons moving forward? I think that's funny. We'll call them the Tony Trons. The Tony Trons. That's what we're calling them. So they're on the Tony Trons. You see what's what's being broadcast on TV, right? And it's taken a while, and people are up on their feet, and they're shouting for CM Punk. And you know, you know how that first riff of uh, Cult of Personality goes? You know, it didn't even make it past like the first note. Like instead of hearing like the first chord, it, it just goes. You get the signs with the CM Punk logo. The place just comes unglued. You cannot hear anything but people shouting. And the reverb of people shouting. You don't hear the music at all. And then you see CM Punk walk out. I I saw the people crying. I saw them. Not the guy on TV. But I saw other people crying. I saw people high-fiving each other in the audience. Like whole rows of people. People hugging each other. I, I have goosebumps just thinking about it again. I was excited. I was excited to be there. I was excited to see that. And I've never been so excited to see a show start with an opening promo, an opening 15-minute promo in my entire life. But that, <laughs> that, that was special. And it seems to me that it's solidified, you know, that AEW does want to give to the fans. It does want to give fans experiences that they will like and that they'll remember. And I appreciate that. I think, you know, CM Punk's on a very interesting trajectory so far. I enjoy what they're doing with him. I'm curious to see. I think 2022 will be very telling as to what CM Punk is going to do. Let's talk, let's revisit CM Punk's first year in AEW to see how it went. But in the meantime, we're going for a lump of coal from the naughty list. What did they do with my NXT guys, gals, non-binary pals? What did they do? I don't, I don't know, like, whatever they're doing with NXT now is 
complete is the complete antithesis to every every reason why I watched NXT to begin with, right? And it's just devolved into something that I just I don't understand, I don't follow, and I don't really care about anymore because it like I can understand the idea of wanting to change up a product because it's not necessarily working for you but it feels like such a dramatic shift and we haven't been prepared for it we we didn't have time to settle in and be like oh okay well they're you know all of this is happening and you know we're you know uh uh, they're pushing these new guys and the older guard is moving away. Like there's nothing left for me to get into. All of my favorites are gone. Everyone that I liked were either called up or were tossed aside or decided to leave. It's like Warren, give it time, give it time. You'll be able to, you know, they're building new people. Look, Bron Breaker, I enjoy him as much as the other guy, as any other person, right? It's, it's fine. But I don't see what Grayson Waller brings to the table. I don't see what Andre Chase brings to the table. I think Joe Gacy's gimmick is obnoxious and it's not going to get him over. I don't know why they decided to revamp uh, uh, Parker Boudreaux to make him look like um, bald, bald wrestler number 73. You know? Uh, I don't... Uh, they're even getting rid of the cruiserweight title, right? They got rid of Hit Row, which I thought was a legitimate breath of fresh air in the whole, in the entire company. Something that I was like, this is exciting. This is fun. I can get behind this. This is, this is new. It feels fresh. Now we've got a land which is back to being developmental with people that I don't know who they are, and I can't really get behind them. There's, I'm having, I, I don't, they're leaning too much into main, main roster storytelling, but this has been a problem they've had for a while. When the NXT that I liked, was just like, you come in, you sit down for an hour, you have a good opener, a great main event, and some squash matches in the middle. And there was no nonsense, there was no storylines, there was no Chase University, there was no, none of this bullshit. Because that's what it is, it ultimately is that we turn in, and then there's bullshit, there's poker games, there's, and this is not why I watched NXT, so I'm not going to start tuning into a third Raw every week, especially when it's with wrestlers who are destined to go up to main roster and be rebranded into something else regardless of what they're doing right now in in the uh in NXT once they get called up they're doing something else they're going to get a new name a new gimmick i i couldn't care less and we were talking about this in the discord by the way join the Mr. Warren Hayes show discord there was a few of us talking about it and something and we sort of came to a conclusion that essentially NXT is the equivalent of AW Dark now, Dark Elevation, the Dark series, right? Where you have, you know, the the talent that you're building towards the future, that you're developing, that you're giving, you want to put them in front of cameras to develop them. That's essentially what it is. 
and you have the main roster shows, which is where they want to end up, which is what NXT was to begin with and sort of lost its way when it became the indie super show. But then again, the indie super show NXT fucking ruled. Now it's like, I I can't get excited. And again, there's talent that I like here. Tommaso Ciampa's still there. Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel are still there. There's talent I really, I really, really like. Dakota Kai, you know? Priscilla Kelly, Gigi Dolan, excuse me. These are talents that I really, really like. But this environment that they're in. And as I posited, right? As I... As I as I proposed, as I offered up, they're clearly going for a younger demographic. I am pushing 50 years old. I'm clearly not the audience that they want. Yes, Pete Dunn as well is part of the talents that I still like. I agree. I'm not the I'm not in the, the demographic they want anymore. So maybe it's normal that it's not meant for me. What else is on the nice list, Warren? Well, let's find out. This is a good one. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair headlining WrestleMania. I don't know what I can add that doesn't that hasn't already been said about this fantastic, fantastic moment, important moment for uh, for uh, uh, black people, for black fans of uh, of wrestling. WWE has delivered on that front quite a bit this year, but. Both of these were fans of women's wrestling, uh, 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 black wrestling fans. It was such a, a, a an enormous, enormous moment for them for this stuff for this uh, moment to happen. Bianca getting consecrated there as a top top level talent. I think it's fantastic as well. Um, again, I don't know what else I could say other than it's important that we remember how great that moment was. How excited. People were and still are still talk about that uh, that moment very very well and a good match to boot like the moment is one thing right WWE loves their moments what about the match good match something that you'd be like yeah I'd rewatch that not a problem because Bianca ruled Sasha made Sasha ru- Sasha always rules Sasha always rules need I remind you need I remind you in the order in order. The best, the best four horsewomen, uh, the best of the four horsewomen. Number one, Sa- Sasha Banks. Number two, Charlotte Flair. Number three, Bailey. Number four, Becky. As far as re- in-ring talent goes, right? Then you, you get all the intangibles and so on and so forth. It's a whole other story. Sasha's untouchable. Sasha's fantastic. Get Bianca in there. Everyone look great. Fantastic moment. Fantastic moment which they had to squish when Becky came back for some reason, of course. But hey, let's pull out another lump of coal here. How's everybody doing? I'm going late, aren't I? Eva Marie, for some godforsaken reason, was brought back to our television screens where you had people being like, Oh, Eva Marie is back. The evolution, so on and so forth. Only to bring her back so we could be reminded that she is terrible at everything. She is terrible at wrestling. 
She's terrible at talking. She's terrible at walking. She's a stiff board of garbage. If only that reminded us, if only her return reminded us that Eva Marie is bad at all aspects of pro wrestling. From top to bottom, she's not a good promo, she's not a good heel, she's not a good face, she's not a good wrestler, she's not a good presence. She has no natural charisma. She has, she, she, she's beautiful in a conventional way, in the type of supermodel, type of Hollywood way, but that's all she has. Because the minute, the minute she gets into a situation, she gets involved in something, everything goes to shit. I will never forget when Lily had her trip, right? And she landed on her knees and then fell forward. I was like, this is shit. You're a pro wrestler. You should be able to bump. Let's head over here. Oh, look at this. Another little something on the nice list. This one, there you go. Let's open it up here. Hey, I liked Bobby Lashley in 2021. I think he was one of the best reasons to watch Monday Night Raw. Um, and uh, he's uh, he was absolutely fantastic. I really think he was fantastic. Uh, he, his push started last year. Like Bobby Lashley's push since 2020 has been absolutely pristine. In WWE, mid card, mid card championship, defeating everyone can't be beat. Heads up to the heads up to um to uh uh, uh the main event level. Starts beating chumps, and and becomes a guy who's going to defeat Bobby Lashley. I loved it, and I still think Bobby Lashley is a great reason to watch Raw. I think he's I think he's doing some of his best work overall from top to bottom. Of course. Promo work isn't his forte. That's why he has uh, that. Why he has MVP. But apparently, they're trying to split them up because, of course, right? Um, but uh, he's he's been he has systematically been one of the best reasons to watch Monday Night Raw, and I don't think he gets enough credit. I think guys like Kevin Owens gets a lot, get a lot of credit. Uh, I think a guy like uh, um, I think uh, I think Big E gets a lot of credit as well, but that's very natural, especially these days because he's the champion. Um, but I really don't think Bob Lashley gets gets the kudos he should get. He's systematically one of the most entertaining reasons to watch Raw. <clears throat> there you go, naughty list. What have we got this time? Ah, yeah, here's something that I feel a lot of people. The end of SCU. You you remember, like, I I feel like a lot of people have pushed this away, but it's still like something that that I think about occasionally. And I'm like, God damn. Like, um, Christopher Daniels was hinting like he wanted to retire and so on and so forth. And they worked it into this angle with him and, and and Frankie where uh where it's like we're going to wrestle matches and when we lose we'll split up right and let's not forget let's not forget 
SCU, very, very popular indie act. Two guys who've been like up and down the road, impact stalwarts. Like these guys are vets, true to form veterans, right? Who've been around the block multiple times. And, uh, and the, uh, so, so they, they, they do this angle, right? Where, uh, they, they do this angle and it's, it mostly takes part on the dark shows, which already I find is kind of weird. It's kind of strange. I'm like, they should have some matches on TV once in a while, you know, sort of to, 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 to remember, uh, people to be like, oh yeah, I see you. Oh, they're breaking. They're, they might be breaking up, you know, add a little heat to it. And then finally this cult culminates into a match against the Young Bucks and the Young Bucks defeat them. So then they split up. But I don't know if you remember, like the Young, the match ends and nothing really lingers in the ring. They just cut to a camera backstage to whatever angle was up next. And I'm like, wait a second. Just that fucking Christopher Daniels is retiring. Could we have like a, like a moment, a little, something a little solemn with the, you know, the young bucks going, <laughs> and then they leave the ring. Then SCU's like, you know, they're in the ring and they hug and they cheer and give something to the audience. It seems to me, seems to me it could have, and and these are your first these are your inaugural world tag team champions on top of that that was a huge misstep and i still think about it sometimes i'm like man you're they really fucked that up that wasn't cool that was not cool and i think christopher daniel should have got a proper send-off scu should have got a proper send-off they still haven't fully really given us an explanation as to why scorpio sky decided to fuck off either right anyway What's next on the nice list? Nice little red scroll with the green ribbon. NWA Empower. Which I was um, fortunate enough to see live. Uh, a huge moment for, um, for women's wrestling, for... Um, Mickey James recently fired from WWE was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want now. And, you know, it just so happens that her husband is the uh, NWA world champion at the time. So she's like, well, why don't we do something? And she gets together and she puts uh, puts together a fantastic event on the same night as the anniversary show of the, uh, not on the same night, on the same weekend as the anniversary show um, uh, for uh, for the NWA, right? And, and it was a fantastic show. And I've got, um, it, it, like I said, I got to see it live. It was all, And it was a lot of fun. Audience was super into it, but we really did get a lot of good matches. Uh, I thought the, 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 and the, 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 the tournament that they had for the NWA, the revived NWA women's world tag team titles, including, um, the little tournament that they had in that moment where they revived it, the the finals with Allison K, Marty Bell versus uh, Kylan King and Velvet Red Velvet was fantastic. Camille versus Layla Hirsch over delivered. I don't think anyone was expecting that match to be that good, and it really, really was. Um, there was also um, there was another there was another match. I'm trying to remember. 
of course, Deanna Perazzo, um wrestled on on that card. That was fantastic. A great a great evening of wrestling with women. Like it just so happens that there was women. I enjoyed it. I enjoy. I thought it was a great. Uh, I thought it was a great show. And it shows that there is interest. It shows that there's motivation. That the that uh, and this was another great forbidden door kind of situation, right? Where all sorts of women came in from everywhere. Um, it's something that needs to be done again. We need to keep to keep doing that. If not in the NWA, somewhere else. The indies carry a lot of the uh, the weight of women's wrestling, and I think it could be divided a little more evenly up on the major promotions as well. I'm not going to get into, you know problems with the with the big two right now but events like that especially when you consider that the the show the next night the 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 regular pay-per-view was so very very underwhelming as opposed to that one um uh yeah it was good stuff it was it was a great show and a fantastic moment i really really love it i really really Into the naughty pile. Oh, yeah, this guy. Vince McMahon. There's, again, multiple reasons why you'd want to add Vince McMahon to a naughty list. I think I think he's been systematically on Santa's naughty list since uh, 1972. Um... I'll tell you one thing. The one thing that I want to focus on is the releases, right? I think that's the thing. Like I'm saying Vince McMahon, it, uh, you, you know, as, as long as as long as long it is understood that Vince McMahon runs WWE, I'm going to blame him for this kind of bullshit. I'm absolutely going to blame him. Uh, he, uh, he, um, he released over 80 talent over the course of 2021 right we're talking not just um pc warm-up bench warmers is what i'm trying to say not just performance center bench warmers mid carters main event talent across the board he's been tossing people out uh unceremoniously Trimming the fat. We knew this was eventually going to happen. But so dramatically and all at once like that. A promotion that really, really doesn't give a shit about the people it employs. Just sees you at as a figure, as a as a, a renewable resource. You're expendable in WWE. That was ultimately the message that came out. We've heard Nia Jax talk about her, how she uh, how she left, essentially because she said you know, she was supposed to come back and get into that program with Bianca, right? But she requested a little more time off for her mental health. They were like, fine. And they gave her the boot. They said, we're okay. We have Dewdrop now. So we'll put Dewdrop in your spot. So they don't care about developing talent, really. They really don't. They just want... They're a casting agency is what they are now. They have roles. They just want to put people in them and have them hit the bricks. That's not quite how wrestling works. And no matter how many times people will tell me, it's like, oh, but it's sports entertainment. It's still wrestling. 
still people doing the wrestling thing, regardless of how you want to name it or how you want to book it. You're still going to want to see, you're still tuning in to watch people wrestle. That's essentially what you're supposed to be doing. Vince firing all those people. I think he fired, like, when I say he, but you know what I mean. Over, like, like just about 200 people, something like that. Between producers and and staff and whatnot. 200 people. A company that is making money hand over fist. A billion dollar company. Divesting them, themselves like that. It doesn't make sense. I don't know why anyone would want to work there. I Personally, I don't. Because the risks are too high. And especially as a wrestler, now they're just like, oh, we're, we're, we're getting athletes. We're getting young, capable athletes that we can mold into whatever way we want, right? That's, nah. But of course, Vince is on the naughty list. But on the nice list... We are going to add Matt Cardona. Now, talk about making the most out of your, out of being fired, <laughs> right? Uh, from WWE. Because, I mean, this guy was picked up by Impact, right? But he, and, and he, he did like a couple of shows. No, that was last year when he did a few shows for AEW, right? When he has when he was on that five show deal. Um, but here's the thing: this guy now, right, is just hitting the indies and hitting them hard. Now he's just going all in. He's developed this fantastic persona where he's he considers himself better than everyone because he was in the majors. And he can do anything, right? Comes in, that's it, and he's like, I'll, you know, and he's talking trash and he goes after Nick Gage. And everyone's like, he's gonna, Nick Gage is gonna murder this guy. Well, he kind of did, but he also defeated Nick Gage to become the GCW world champion. And then he became the internet champion right with uh with Effie's in this fantastic feud with um uh, he's in this fantastic feud with Effie right just absolutely fantastic feud with Effie who is I think the textbook definition of an indie darling right I n- nobody hates Effie everybody loves Effie so he's like it's the he's the top independent babyface and he's feuding against them and he had these great back and forths and then he ends up in NWA doing a thing he's in Beyond doing stuff uh, he's uh, I think he even had a match at Warrior Wrestling uh, earlier this year um, I mean he's it's it's been it's been fantastic it's been a fantastic year for him and he's really grown into like he's self-aware enough. And this is something that some wrestlers lack. But Matt Cardona here has enough self-awareness to know how he's perceived. So he decides to lean into it and he's having a good time with it. 
plus he's getting pays. He's getting paydayed. Paydays. Jesus. I think Matt Cardona was a wonderful surprise this year. Absolute surprise. Naughty, naughty, naughty. What have we got on the naughty list here? The House of Torture in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's shit. It's shit. You, you build me a faction and you say, we're creating a faction with evil Dick Togo and Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Beam. And you're going to try and sell me that as some sort of prime real estate? Like this stable that we should all be feared, that that, that should be feared? Fuck off. And the worst part, it's just been a drag. It's been a drag because of all the shenanigans and the interference in the show. It's been such a total drag throughout and now they're consolidating everything they brought poor show on board with this show who had uh and still has like uh, a, a, a very strong fan base he's a fantastic wrestler he had a great 2020 he had a, a very promising two, 2021 on top of him of course he feuded with shingo not this year but last year it's like this kid why are you saddling him with these losers when instead he should be showcasing everything that he's capable of doing because people naturally love the guy don't get your wires crossed anyone who tells you that the um anyone who tells you that the house of torture is good is lying to you The nice list. La, 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 la. AW's mid card. You know, we talk about Brian Danielson, we talk about CM Punk, and you know the Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and all that. You know, all the the the, the upper crust. But. One thing that makes AEW so successful is that from top to bottom, no matter what part of the card you're watching on a dynamite, on a rampage, there's always people you're excited to see. There's always people that you're looking forward to seeing. Not just the top tier. Of course, you know, the top tier, the top guys, you're excited to see them. But the whole card, the wrestlers from top, even the even the prelim guys, you know, the the you're to, in some form or another you're excited to see the people that they put on because they are booked and built well the other show there's people that they try to stuff down your throats and you're like you have to like this person remember jackson Riker, everyone you don't have a jackson Riker in aew where it's like why are they putting this guy on tv again now every person that gets called in that gets put in a match is what I'm trying to say. Gets called in, gets put in a match, gets fantastic reactions from the audience every time, and that's the strength of AEW. That's why it's a fun show to watch because you're not just watching just the top guys and you're like, oh, but the title situation, you know, everywhere 
just people coming in that you're excited to see, that you're excited to watch. It's just as simple as that. And I don't think... It, I. It's been a Look, it's been a while since we've had a promotion on TV being able to give us solid, solid, uh, a, a solid card from top to bottom with people that you're invested in, in one form or another. That's why, you know, yeah, that's why you have people, you know, detractors to AEW going, uh, these fans will cheer every, anything. It's because you're supposed to cheer everything if everything is done right. It's just as simple as that. What else is on the naughty list? I wonder how many more of these I have to go. This is late. Lily. Let's go to the nice side. Ah, now we've got just a couple more left. I can, I can open the scrolls. Oi! How's this for something nice for the year? Time limit draws. I'm starting to put together my my match of the year list, but I'm I, I'm especially waiting for the December 29th stardom show to to pass before I I commit to anything. But thinking back at at the at the year that was, I I'm I realize that four matches that I really liked this year went to a time limit draw. Of course, Paige and Danielson, right? Um, Omega and Danielson too, Utami versus Shuri, uh, and Nakajima versus Keno at uh, Noah the Best. All matches that I'm like, these are matches I really, really dug. And they're all time limit draws. So when people get bent out of shape over the time limit draw, I'm like, well, then are we in a resurgence Right now. Well, I mean, I know it's different in Japan, but I'm talking about North America. In, in Japan, the time limit draw is not as, I wouldn't say regular, but it's more of a thing. You know, it's not something, it's not as alien uh, a concept as here or necessarily perceived as poor booking. Because instantly the reaction when it happens in North American soil is, oh, well, it's shit booking, you know? 
but not necessarily shit booking. Like I don't, I wouldn't say it's shit booking, especially when the matches are so fantastic. So are we seeing, and especially in North America, now that AEW has delivered two very strong time limit draw matches, are we seeing a resurgence on that level? Are the matches, or or have they always been good? No, hang on. Or are we trying to divest ourselves of a perception of a time limit draw that was given to us by a certain company? But I'd even go back to WCW. WCW would do the time limit draw in not necessarily glorious fashion either. I think there's a there's a mindset and a psychology when two wrestlers go into a time limit draw that has to create the drama to the very end. And I think... Adam Page and Brian Danielson did that magnificently a couple of weeks ago. I think uh, like if you haven't seen Nakajima versus Keno, you absolutely should. With Tommy versus Shuri, they had two time limit draws. <laughs> they had two. So, and and yet we're sitting here and we're and and at the end of the year, these matches are going to end up on everyone's top ten lists, and they're going to be time limit draws. So, are we just? Developing a better better understanding of what the time limit draw can represent and the drama it can create. That the non-finish might not be poison. As poison as we think, if the if if the uh if the route, if the the path to get there was dramatic, and especially if it leads to something else. I I ask you that. But that's the thing, it's like I, I'm suddenly a fan of time limit draws. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We're going to talk about the award-winning WWE Network on Peacock. (laughs) Uh, As a lump of coal, as on the naughty list this year. And I mean, it's, look, it's, I'm, I'm Canadian. I still have the network. And... And it's cool because I like I I I'm a guy who likes the vault. I like to I like to go back. I like to watch old things. I like to pull up some of the the more historical stuff that they have. I couldn't imagine with what I hear with how everything is set up on Peacock. I can't imagine navigating through that or the censorship that is eventually going to befall it. Right? Because uh, because it's owned by NBC Universal. Peacock is right. So they. You know, there's already stuff that has been censored, some Roddy Piper stuff, and it's just going to be completely derailed from what it was. And I feel bad for all of my American compatriots who have lost access to the network because the network was really cool and it was well thought out and well put together. I and 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 all the content is there. I don't even know if all the content is there on Peacock yet. I don't think it is. Cuz Peacock is like they you know WWE what does WWE represent to them outside of the live stuff? I don't it's probably a blip, you know. But I thought that kind of sucked this year. And so we have left on the let, let me take them. I think that's Okay, we got one more one more nice scroll after this one here. I think Pat McAfee 
has been uh, deserves to be on the nice list this year. There's no one, th- guys, gals, non-binary pals. There is no one on planet Earth who likes the WWE more than Pat McAfee. That guy, the way he reacts, the way he acts on his commentary, no one does it better. No one does it crazier than him. He's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. And he adds a breath of fresh air to a... He gives brings something very fresh and organic that feels unscripted and off the wall to a, a WWE product which is overall very sterile in its presentation because everything is very much in its own in its own compartments, right? But what he does is fantastic. And he's he's legitimately a reason to watch SmackDown. I like it. I, I love Pat McAfee. He he absolutely deserves it. <laughs> yeah, we should put all the belts, put all the belts on McAfee. Okay, we've got a couple of naughty nuggets left. Here's here's something on the naughty list. The exploding barbed wire death match from AEW earlier this year. <laughs> oh, they tried so hard, didn't they? What a disaster that was. <laughs> what do you think about it? And it's really funny. You know, because you get the little the little streamers, you know, the the this little sparklers popping up and then Eddie Kingston coming in to cover John Moxley and nothing goes off. And it's like, oh, everything is so cringe. Everything is so cringe. It was so funny. It was so funny. Like nothing went off like they wanted. If I'm Tony, do I do it again? I think I would. I think I would do it again. Just to prove that I can do it. Right? Because I, I think that's the only way that you wash it off. It's by doing it again. What a disaster that was. And I still I still vividly remember Eddie Kingston sheltering John Moxley. And I'm like, what is he doing? Nothing is happening. Nothing's going on. It was a splendid moment of just... Of the live aspect of wrestling. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? Just, I, and I, honestly, I don't care. I don't I don't care who got blamed for it, who passed the buck to whom. It doesn't matter. What a show. What a, what, but it's a, it's really a, cause it's a shame because it was hyped up so much and Tony Khan was out there promoting like a promoter should do getting people really excited for it, really pumped for it. Hasn't been done in North American soil and so on and so forth. FMW, you even have fucking Onita doing uh, doing promos for it. And it's... Uh, I think you do try again. On the nice list. All right, I'll just... I'm trying to, trying to get the the last scroll here and I can't and I'll just take the sack off there we go 
the final part of the nice list 2021 goes to Masha Slamovich. I don't think there is uh, there is a woman out there wrestling the independents who had a more dominant, fascinating, competitive, awesome year than Masha has, especially the second part of 2021. She has just been absolutely ablaze. Wrestling week after week after week, these incredibly competitive, strong style matches. She is nuts. Um, her match with Charlie Evans from uh, from Uncharted, Beyond Uncharted Territory, a couple of weeks ago, I want to say the Thanksgiving show. Don't, don't quote me on that, but banana stuff. Just great stuff. A couple of weeks ago at Fight Forever, the pay-per-view that Beyond had, she had a great uh, match with uh, with uh, Kimberly, which is going to lead to a match, again, a rematch with Kimberly at uh, at the New Year's pay-per-view for Beyond. Uh, Heavy Lies the Crown, I think it's... I can't remember the title. I apologize. She's She's been absolutely fantastic. Um, as far... She's one of the top independent workers uh, out there uh, running the scene. Sure, she's she also does stuff with Impact, but what she, what she does on the indies is incomparable. She's so good. She's going to be a breakout. Won't be very long. She, I don't think she's going to stay with Impact for very long. I've got two, two lumps of coal left. We'll start the, with the left hand. The one on my left. I'm going to unwrap it. The Queen's Crown Tournament. On the naughty side. God damn, that was shit. How many years had we been... And I absolutely include myself in here. How many years had we been asking for WWE to do a... A King of the Ring tournament for the women. And they finally do it. And we get insignificant, nothing garbage matches from all of them. From top to bottom. The finals of the King of the Ring tournament lasted longer than the entirety of the Queen of the Ring tournament. And I love tournament wrestling. You guys know this. Zelina Vega versus Tony Storm. Two minutes, 10 seconds. Liv Morgan versus Carmella. One minute, 40 seconds. Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler. One minute, 25 seconds. Dewdrop versus Natalia. Three minutes. Then, Zelina Vega versus Carmella. Two minutes, 40 seconds. Shayna Baszler versus Dewdrop. Two minutes, 45 seconds. Then the finals couldn't even make it to six minutes. Five minutes and 55. This is trash, man. Absolute trash. And it's irredeemable. And on top of that, you know when I was telling you earlier, when you know earlier when we were chit-chatting about Liv Morgan and how, you know, if only there were opportunities to build up Liv Morgan and heat her up, 
my tournament would have gone as such in the brackets that they set up. Liv Morgan makes it to the finals in a scrappy underdog babyface kind of way. She goes through Carmella. She claws her way through the super experienced Tony Storm, but she makes it to the finals. In the meantime, on the bottom bracket, you have Shayna Baszler putting on a clinic and snapping people, snapping their bodies back right till the finals. So what happens here? You have one dominant heel in the in the in the finals that could snap you in a second versus a plucky underdog and WWE is able to do these plucky plucky underdogs and they love it too. Why couldn't they do it here? Then go with the whatever finish. Whatever finish you want. But Jesus, I don't understand why they didn't do why they didn't go any further with with live on this one makes zero sense to me no sense at all it was a it was a shit tournament it was a shit tournament with shit results uh finals happened in a shit pay-per-view just uh, absolute trash absolute garbage trash fire trash and finally, oh no, wait, oh, the, the, it's the, look, it's the SCU thing, but apparently when I tossed it, when I tossed it, it landed back into the, the naughty bag, so, there, now it didn't, <laughs> I, I, I had tossed it right back in, I thought that, so there you go, so those are, that was, my, that, ladies and gentlemen, was my naughty and nice list of wrestling things and events and people in 2021. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, that just happens to, it just so happens that it wraps up the weekly wrestling inspection. Did I just go three hours? I sure did. And I'm not done yet. No siree. Folks, in just a few minutes, I am popping back onto a stream, a live stream. But you know what? I'm doing this for the members of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. I want them to tell me what's on their naughty and nice list. So let's head on over there. Become a member of the channel. And you can join us in the live chat. You can join us in the Discord as well. And the live uh, taking calls as well. It's going to be a good time. But you know what? I don't mind going three hours tonight. It was a fun three hours. I felt festive. It felt good. Despite the fact that, I don't know, by starting off was really rough. My God, man. Here we are. This is what we're doing tonight. Uh, heading on over to do the post stream. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all so very, 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 very much for joining me tonight and for sticking out the whole wave. For those of you who've been here, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're again, if you're liking this, give it a thumbs up. I appreciate it. If you're wa- watching or listening on to this uh, on demand on uh, or listening on a podcast, uh, review five stars. That kind of stuff would also be appreciated. Thank you all so very much. Have a very merry Christmas. I hope you guys enjoy it tons. And uh, I'll be back next week in one form or another. You're you're not done with me yet. (laughs) Thank you all for hanging out tonight. 
That's not the right music. That's not the right music. Stop. Stop. This is what happens when you do it for three hours. You lose you lose track of everything. The music's not playing. Warren, look, I'm just going to... I'm going to wish you all a great rest of your evening. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time.